Welcome to the Cobra Cast with the present VP. For this episode, we would like to thank these valued partners. Is your scratched window ruining your view? Starting from scratch to your experts at removing scratches from windows and any glass surface. Whether it's general scratches around the home or a knife graffiti tag shop front, they can remove it. They're also helping the environment by saving the window from being dumped into landfill while bringing the glass back to its former glory without the scratches. Don't replace your scratched window. Repair it with Starting From Scratched, your glass and scratch removal specialist for home, shop fronts and cars. Call today for a quote, 87595629 or find out more at startingfromscratch.com.au. All right, welcome to the Cobra Cast for the present VP. I'm the host, Ricky Rifty, the Prez Logan. Got my co-host, Ricky Etdog, VP Etridge. Welcome to the show and welcome, Etdog. Mate, grand final week. Oh, I'm excited. Well, I'm excited. We've got Richmond and we've got Geelong. Can't wait. Can't wait. Hope you, hopefully your editing skills are on point here, mate. Yeah, don't worry about it. I gotcha. I gotcha. Um, yeah, it's 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 going to be a tough game for Geelong. <laughs> but, but is that the Gabba, mate? Richmond, Richmond actively seek to get away from the Gabba. Well, for their, their semi against the St. Kilda. Let's we bloody hope so, because the second after that freaking win they had against Port, and I tell you, they didn't look well beating impressive like poor buddy gave them a bloody good run for their money and um put up a huge fight and it was a low scoring affair and uh, mate people are carrying on like it already yeah. started now you know how much i love my social media on the on the guru at the club our social media the game finished last night i've turned the kennel tv off behind me turned the lights off jumped into bed normally i spend a good you know 10 to 15 minutes on the club social media before I go to bed, make sure I've answered all the, you know, the clubs from around the world and the AFL players want to jump on the Cobra cast. Open up Facebook and shut it down within the space of 20 seconds. Couldn't handle it. Couldn't. Could. And yes, I understand they probably are deserving of the accolades that, and the, the supporters of getting excited, but as we've spoken about before many, many times in this podcast, mate, I just, I, I can't do it. If if Richmond win the grand final, or sorry, win the premiership in 2020, worst year ever. Like, there's no, like, 20, it hasn't been a bad year. Nothing really bad has happened in 2020. So if Richmond win it, mate, it'd just be the worst. Like, it's been a pretty good year. Like, right. And let's, let's be honest. But again, there's supporters... If, if- if Richmond win it, the supporters will be claiming mate, it was the hardest one to win. If they lose it, they'll be like, oh, there's a bloody asterisk to it anyway because, well, you know, it wasn't played at oh, the G. The game, oh, yeah. They didn't have the yeah, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So I, I, either I, way, we're losers. The only losers yeah. are non-Richmond supporters. Right? Okay, I, I don't like to give Richmond credit, but um, uh, a nice little snippet of an interview with – Brennan Gale, I don't know if you've seen it, um, popped up. I think it was, must have been last night. I come across it this morning and it was back in um, 20, I think it was 2010 on Footy Classified. And he said within 10 years, Richmond want to win three premierships 
and want to be the biggest club membership wise in the country. Well, Gary yeah. Lyon, the bloke you wouldn't trust around your wife or your wallet, laughed at him. Laughed at him. Pretty much. And Brendan Gale's turned around and going, you know, that's not what we want, you want to achieve. You shouldn't be here. So I've I watched it this morning. Like, you know, I don't want to say it, but you know, even though they don't win it, they've pretty much proven themselves. They've got 100,000 members. I don't know how many of them how many of them are actually pet memberships, which shouldn't count, but they've they've pretty much achieved what they set out to do, which people that shouldn't be in media anyway will laugh in their face about. So yeah, you've got to give credit to them where it's due. Unfortunately, it hurts my. You know, I I feel like I need to have a shower now for saying that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's hard, but you do you got to give credit where credit's due. They've done a great job. You know, they added pieces that they needed to add. They. You know, they driver. back their coach. But Mate, yeah. like, like, you look at nowadays, Damien Hardwick in this day and age, or even when they kept him on, would have been given the ass 10 times over. But they, they stuck with him and backed him in. Yeah, they what they did, they went against history, mate. And on and this next... That Estenen could have taken him. And yeah, yeah. on this next, uh, with this next podcast yeah. that we're talking to, to the blokes, they're all about history of the game. Because that's mate. all they do, mate. Oh, they talk I'm, about the history of the game. I, I, this was a podcast where I was excited. Like I was, I was like, yeah, this is. I've listened to this podcast, and I had. You're not much of a podcast listener, as we we mentioned in the episode. But you actually even gave it a listen. Did you? You were exhausted. Like, the information, like as we mentioned, like we used to do information for these countries we're visiting, and it got too much for us, and. Like these blokes and women with um, Mozza, they work their ass off and they give some history. I tell you, yeah. it's a, but we figured what better way to uh, Wednesday before grand final, instead of going back to something that was recorded months and months ago, go to something that was recorded very, very recently. What did they say? <laughs> there you go. Yeah, continue. I don't know where we're at. Sorry for the interruption, mate. Yeah. I just had a cat trying to destroy my computer, mate. But right. I thought I thought you would. I thought you'd get on the way back machine to call a premiership captain. Sorry, I thought I thought no. um, the boys are giving you the machine. But anyway, I was getting was... ready. For, I was getting ready for uh, Port Adelaide to challenge Richmond again or something. <laughs> Issue a challenge or. That's callback. I like it. Callback to anyway. This podcast, oh, sorry, this podcast, this episode of the podcast, I was excited about. Yeah, you know, we we've spoken many times about trying to come back to a bit of Victoria and speak to the locals. And I figured, you know, what better ch- better people to speak to than blokes that they're literally their podcast is the history of the VFA, VFL, AFL. Like, yeah, well, it's like. The thing is, they're not even up to the AFL now. So, no, they're they're barely halfway through the AFL. They're not in nineteen fifty one was their their latest episode. The next one coming out will be nineteen fifty two. So, I think some give some context. Let's give some. Not even here yet. Like footy club is still not here. But this is a podcast where each episode is one year of football. And how long's football been going for? 
Well, they started back when uh, VFL started so eighteen ninety-seven. So that's they started their episode eighteen ninety-seven, right? There's nobody internet in eighteen ninety-seven. There was no, you know, you can't. They also found out that some of the information they were getting. Oh, right. was proven to be okay. false because, you know, a lot of this stuff gets fluffed up a bit. It gets a bit made up. So yeah, we, don't, if you're watching the video version of this, um, Tim shows the books that he gets his information from. And I had both the books when I was a child. The day that I learned out that that 100 years of football book was pretty much a complete fabrication, I, I cried. It was just like my whole life is just... Childhood just. My, my childhood ruined. Like I thought, here I was the smartest person in the world, footy wise. It's like it's like the day you find out that there's actually somebody inside the Big Bird costume, and he's not just a big bird. Wait, what? A <laughs> <laughs> big pun. But no, no, this this these we, we had Coops and Tim on. We went to have the Casman. I wanted the Casman on because I wanted to find out about um, yeah, his the, the edit. No, he likes to. Back in the early days, he'd be like, oh, can we edit that out? And as somebody that's constantly sitting there going, hey, Riffley, edit this out, mate. Make sure you edit this out. I wanted to understand how someone who does the editing, does he actually edit it out or not? But right, we, yeah, we, we've been a bit more, uh, done a bit different for grand final week. Um, you know, you hear about crap watch and the Kraken award and, oh, but it's, the, but I'll tell you what. This is what you got to do, all right? It's week of grand final. This is coming out Wednesday night. So Wednesday night, you're watching this or you're listening to it Thursday morning. The next thing you're going to do, as soon as you finish listening to this episode, you're going to go over to Kick to Kick podcast and you're going to start with 1897 and you're going to listen through to bloody... And do you know why you start with 1897? Don't tell me. The Bombers won it, mate. That's why you start in there. No, all right, skip to about 19, oh, what was it, yeah, oh, no, oh, three, four, five or something no, to go, go to the first three-peat. That's, hey, we talk about it. It's all about the dynasties, mate. So you want to get on to when Carlton go three in a row. That's what, that's what it's all about. And then when Essendon go four in a row, you don't worry about that. You just skip those ones. But I mean, Colin went four in a row, mate. Essendon went four in a row. We never that good. But no, these, these boys, like, the effort these, these fellas put in is just, it, it's incredible. And, you know, we've got about, what would we say, 1951, so in about 11 years' time, nine years' time, uh, there'll be a, 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 a yearly Cobra update, hopefully. Uh, well, when 1962 comes around, they're going to bring up that the Cobras are, are running around. Yeah, um, nice. And I'm looking, like I, I mentioned a couple times, mate, I'm looking forward to 1970. So I'm looking forward to 2012 and 2013. They kept the Cobras going, to be on. Sand out Cobras, they had a league leading goal kick. <laughs> All right, on that note, mate, you're getting cut off because uh, you're getting you you just. <laughs> mate, what's I don't know what your problem is, mate. I, what what's wrong? I don't understand. <laughs> nah, mate, you, that's it. You're getting too self indulgent now, so. But nah, I'm I'm just I'm just facts, mate. Facts. All right, but... I, I, I go th- I go through the history of our honour board. This is facts. Yeah, but yeah, good, that's all right. Yeah. Show, mate. It's, mate, you got fucking hundred years till you get to till they get to that. But all right, you want to give podcast recommendations? I know. 
but we just recommended a podcast. Oh, I know. I, and so you know what it's going to be, mate. I know. I was waiting for you to turn around and go, okay, mate, Wednesday, people are waiting. No, no, no. Podcast you recommendation. You don't I was going to turn around and say, now, like, mate, the fuck are you talking about? I don't need to give a recommendation. Yeah, but, and it's, it's also, this, but, this is going to be the third time. This, this is the this, three-peat. This, this is a dynasty. The dynasty, three mate. The three-peat. The kick-to-kick podcast. Not only we recommended it twice, mate. Like this is like Hawthorne three peat of the twenty tens, Collingwood four peat back in the twenties, the Brisbane three peat early two thousands. Right, who gives a shit? And you know, if you're any of the other podcasts that have been recommended by a dog, and you want to get a a two peat, or you want to hit for that three peat, just come on our show, and we'll. Uh, We'll make it happen. But until then, kick to kick podcast, the only three Pete. And mate, let's get into it because we've got I, a lot. There's a lot. Yeah, I just want to disclaimer everyone's going to be tuning in Monday night for the, the present VP's wrap up of the grand final. Ain't happening. Next weekend's um, intros will be recorded on the Friday morning because. This bloke right here will be in absolutely no state until that Thursday to record. <laughs> That's a fair call. All right. So let's get into it. Speaking to Tim and Coops from Kick to Kick Podcast. Enjoy this one. Once you finish it, go head over and listen to their podcast. Um, and we'll catch you next week. Enjoy. All right. So today we're joined by... Two guests, um, Tim and Charlie, they are co-hosts of the Kick to Kick podcast. It's one of Et Dog's recommendations. He's actually recommended them a couple of times. So thanks for joining us, guys. Oh, thanks for having us. Thank you. And, and thank you for the, uh, the the two shout outs. We realize how illustrious uh, and rare that is on your show. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. It's, it's, um, he's, he's only done it twice now, the, the double shout out. And so I did have to start listening to an episode today i've got to admit i'm not much of a podcast listener um i'm more of a visual myself so i chucked on an episode and i gotta tell you guys i was getting exhausted <laughs> listening to it because i'm just thinking how much bloody research you guys have to do for this thing <laughs> yeah it's a bit it's a bit it's a bit of work but it's it's good fun and especially at the moment when watching a hell of a lot of footy or seeing m- much interesting stuff go on it's uh it's another way to just to get stuck into it. Yeah. Especially because Charlie, like I'm Essendon supporter and Charlie's Melbourne. So, you know, reliving past glories is a good thing to do at the moment. Oh, mate, I'll tell you what, this this period, we've just we've just sort of done like the 40s and 50s and we're getting into the 60s. As a Melbourne supporter, I've, I've told Tim I'm retiring after 64. I'm done. I don't need to deal with the rest of the last 50 years of football. It's all been shit in my opinion. When it's all... <laughs> When that dog explained to me what you guys do on your show, um, I said to him, let me know when they hit the 70s because I'm a Carlton supporter. So, uh, I'll, you know, when Jezzelinko is taking hangers, I'll, I'll get on to it. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's some good earlier episodes as well. They had their three-peat in, uh, you know, six, seven, and eight. Mm. Oh, jeez. I'm not going to lie to you. I've, I reckon I scrolled past your podcast oh, hundreds of times trying to find a podcast. I'm like, yeah. I sort of list, looked at the description, like, oh, yeah, it's pretty cool. Kept going. And then one day I'm like, you know what? I'm giving this a listen. 
I was kicking myself not getting into it earlier because just some of the things like the um, what was it the challenge system that had me baffled the, the old challenge system. I was explaining oh, that to Rifty yeah. back in the the early days. Rifty, I was explaining how the was a, the per, team that finished on top they lost the grand final could then challenge or rematch for the yep. grand final, and Rifty couldn't believe it. And then I was telling him about um, there was they were trying to think of rules to uh, stop scoring. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Too many goals. <laughs> Yeah, too many goals. I listened to one today. I don't know which one it was. I think it was the one with um, Tess Armstrong. Oh, yeah. And there was the thing about putting the cross, you know, the crossbar and yeah, winding the goals. And it was just like this day and age, we're complaining about we need goals. Yeah. And in the 30s, there was just a glut of them. There was, you know, Bob Pratt kicking 150 in a season. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, yeah. All those guys. Yeah. I think there were three guys that kicked over 100 that year, weren't there? It was just something yeah, ridiculous. It was incredible. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was something I definitely uh, wish I had have got myself stuck into earlier. But let's find out about yourself. So you guys mentioned that, Tim, you're an Essendon fan and uh, Coops, you're a Melbourne fan. So like, how did you guys come to support that team? After you, Jimmy. Um, my, I was, you know, handed down from family to family. My granddad was a Bombers supporter. I went and watched, you know, Reynolds and Coleman back in the day. So filtered down to my mum and then to me as well, which uh, I've then forced my eldest daughter to do that as well. Yeah. That and might be punishment at the moment, though. I'm not sure. <laughs> don't don't worry, mate. I am. Um, my daughter's just turned three months old. And I think within the third day of her being alive, she had Nesson and Jumper on. And I think we won that game. And then from there, it was like, yep, lifetime disappointment for you. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, surely we're on, the, we're on the uphill now. We've, we've gone through the hard times. Very, very slow climb uphill. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, very similar with me. It was it was never really a choice for, for the D's. It was it's a family. You know, everyone on Dad's side of the family goes for the D's. And uh, he he basically said, you know, you can go for whoever you want, but if you want to live here, you go for Melbourne. <laughs> that was so, the exact words of my father. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, there's been there's been uh, plenty of ups and downs since. Well, I was I'm 86, so over the time of watching us you know, yo-yo up through the late 90s and early 1000s and then get flogged by you guys in 2000. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's a part of the joy is, is going through the downtimes as well because if you're not there for the downtimes, what's what's the joy in the ups, right? 100%, man. It's too many bandwagon supporters these days. and Absolutely. You know, there's, there's way too many Richmond jumpers at kids' schools and stuff. And I think mean, five years ago, these kids wouldn't have been caught dead wearing a Richmond jumper. They would have been Hawthorne supporters then. <laughs> exactly. Um, but it's good to see that you know, of our generation, uh, I'm uh, 84, so I was the same. My old man, you know, it's you go for Carlton. My whole family went for Carlton. And I've got one cousin that decided uh, he's going to be the different one. He is a ranger, So he, <laughs> he decided he was going to go for St Kilda. So where'd they ship him off to, mate? Nah, he's, he's all right. He's just <laughs> misguided, but yeah. He's, he hasn't had much more joy than us anyway. So. No, exactly. That's, yeah, I mean, you talk about tough times for all, all the clubs, but St Kilda supporters are by far the longest suffering going <laughs> around, aren't they? And, had and a, look, had a well, your drought's longer though, Charlie. Yeah, it's true. So I, I could sit here and feel sorry for St Kilda, but as Rifty will agree with, our club is full of St Kilda supporters. And 
if they were to be successful, I think I'd probably leave the club because it'd become unfucking bearable. It is just <laughs> they win one game and it's, you know, they're putting multis on, they're gonna win the flag and it's yeah. It's, you know, what frustrates me about St Kilda from an Essendon perspective is the fact that, you know, early 2009, 2010, they were in the grand final. They bottomed out. They, they, I think they took out a spoon. And now they're back in the finals. And that whole time, Essendon has just been you know, in that 12th to 8th position doing nothing. It's good fun. <laughs> yeah, well, see, it's even worse for me because we've had in the last few years, it's a bit of a tradition. There's a few of us that go for Carlton, a few of us that go for St Kilda. So we go to the Carlton St Kilda game and and we haven't won one of them that I've been to. So not only do I have to sit there with these unbearable wankers and, and, <laughs> and, and watch my team lose, uh, the only joy I get out of it is we have $5 bets going. So we, we bet on all random things during the game. And I've, I'm pretty sure I'm up a fair bit in $5 bets. So. Yeah, good. You got to find those silver linings when you're a Carlton supporter. Or... Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, one of the things, like we were going to ask who your favourite player is as a kid, but I want to go deeper oh, because Jesus. you guys, you guys are doing all this research, and you know you you're going way back to the start. If you want to go sort of every twenty years, thirty years, whatever, I don't mind. But who would you say would be like? the Gary Ablett of the, the 30s or the 40s before there was a Gary Ablett. Who was oh. that guy back then that would have been the goat of the game back then? I reckon in the times that we, we're talking about, like we sort of in the period that we're kind of up to leading in, Dick Reynolds is just a, a phenomenon in yeah, the game. Is- like. You lead up. Sheet, three three Brownlow medals, and and that was you know in a ten year gap where Essendon was absolute rubbish. Mm. Took over as captain coach, took them to like eight grand finals, four premierships, state captain, best on ground in the forty two grand final. I think he's just insane. Yeah, just an absolute freak. And he was um he sort of modelled himself on um who we talk, who who was earlier who we talked we were talking about before. Um, who play? Who went back to the waffle? Uh, in, I don't know. When, when and Dick went and saw him uh, when he was uh, oh, Hayden Button. Hayden Button. Sorry, yeah. the name just sort of disappeared from my brain. Yeah. And like before the lead up, obviously as a Melbourne supporter, I'm not wasn't as uh, on top of Dick Reynolds' rap sheet. So like in the lead up, we were talking about who was better. Hayden Bunton or Dick Reynolds. And I was like, Hayden Bunton's just like the cream of the crop. You can't get better. And then, you know, Bunton leaves, goes back to the waffle and Reynolds just, I think, surpassed him 100%. He was just, yeah. I mean, to to be fair, Bunton won three more league best and fairest in Western Australia. That's true. For six in total, but he never won. He played in one grand final, never won a premiership. Yeah. That's so... So he's sort of like the, the the Charles Barkley that you know was an all star, just couldn't quite win the the championships, and then you got Dick Reynolds as sort of the, the Michael Jordan, just getting the rings and that's it, getting it done. I'd, it. Love, I'd love to say Reynolds was six and zip, but he lost a lot of grand finals as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's yeah, it's a it's one of those things you. you when you're talking about football or any sport as fans and you're sort of going, oh, who was the best player you've ever seen or who's been the GOAT, who's the greatest of all time, 
it's always the Johnny come latelys that come up. It's sort of, you know, Gary Ablett Jr. or it's Dusty or it's whoever, yeah. you know, oh, he's the best player you've ever seen. And you guys actually going back through the history books and doing all this research, you could, you know, Dick Reynolds, I've never heard of him. I didn't know there was such an accomplished player that that's done all that back then. And it's yeah. amazing, like, you talk um, even the league sort of, in the earlier days, even the AFL sort of doesn't really recognise players from before colour television, really. Um, so you talk about guys like Dick Lee, the goal kicker for Collingwood, early in the piece, and he was, he was just an absolute stu- superstar, but no one has kind of ever heard of him. He kicked, what, 700, 800 goals? Yeah. And was, Most was, of them place kicks as well. Yeah, and was ra- ravaged by injury late in his career, but, you know, he was Coventry before Coventry. Yeah, the first, the first player to have a knee operation, I think, as well. Yeah. But I don't yeah, know right. that's the milestone you want to have. <laughs> yes. <but. laughs> have I'm sort of, a bit lost for words. I'm like, yeah, what, what do you say to that? Like, first knee recover wouldn't be exactly the, uh, the most high-tech surgery. No, this is like 1910, 1911. He had a few. He had a few strange ones. They they sort of colloquially called his his injury. He had big knee. They kept referring to it as, and we're like, "What the hell is big knee? Like, what? How is that a thing?" And we're not sure if that's where the term "dicky knee" comes from as well. Yeah, he had yeah. a dicky knee. Oh, sounds. Yeah, I reckon it could. Why not? Oh, and he had another terrible planet. injury, which was like um, he oh, got infection. He got some cuts in his shin playing. And because the socks had been like dyed naturally, the dye went into the cuts and infected his leg. Oh, like yeah. this is the sort of stuff you're yeah, talking I, about. It's I, madness. On the episode I walked this morning, I listened to you guys chatting about that, and I was just like, "Excuse me, like had yeah. all reasons to miss footy." That that's, like I done my Achilles last year season, and like that's a you know, not a very common injury as it is. I'm like, but let alone getting a poisoned leg because of the dyeing your socks. I know it's insane, but um. But obviously, I, me, myself, and Rifty know what like the Kick the Kick podcast is. But for the people that don't know what it is, like exactly what is it, and like how did you come up with the concept to do this? Like it's just it's it's an odd one. Um. Well, I'll I'll take this one, Charlie, because it's Please do. I guess I drove it to start with. Um. I'd always been looking to try and do a podcast for a while. It was one of the, you know, everyone was doing the podcast. What was going to be mine? Uh, I had two failed ones that didn't really work always had a passion for football history and I was actually listening to a James Bond podcast where they were going through each James Bond episode year like movie by movie and I thought you know that might work for football seasons I don't know much about it but we and I, was, I was keen to discover more and, I, and Charlie and I were at a mate's wedding and we started discussing it and that's kind of where the idea grew and we got Kaz on board because he knew how to record it and he uh, <laughs> had the skills and yeah, that I don't know. I reckon a month or two later, Charlie, we just we started, just kind of jumped into it without really knowing what it was going to be. Yeah, we went for it. We did, didn't we? Because it was just like there was a lot of obviously we worked together, and um, every you know break, every break, every lunchtime that we had, we literally all we would do is talk. Where there was you know you know grand finals of the past or what was going on in trade season and stuff, and so it was it's just. Uh, always was a passion and then when Timmy was like I've got this idea I was like that sounds awesome because I know as you as you you guys were saying like I know a lot a lot about Melbourne a lot about kind of what's going on now but nothing about the history of the game and I was like what a great opportunity to just you know get stuck in and learn a bit more 
Yeah, it's incredible. Like, <clears throat> it's a it's a great idea. As I said, like I scrolled past it many times, and as soon as I got into it, like I've just deep dived, and I started it the like the first episode, then went back and listened to. I think it was you re-recorded the first season live. The very so, first, eighteen ninety-seven. We 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 weren't happy with it, so we redid it. <laughs> so I, I jumped forward, listened to that, went back, and then I'm like, oh, I want to go back to. So I sort of got to where you were, then made my way back down. So oh, nice. it's sort of it's it's sort of fucked me a little bit because I'm all over the shop. So I'm <laughs> hearing names from here. I'm like, oh, I almost need to go back back and like listen back through. But Rifty mentioned before that he gets exhausted <laughs> listening because of how much research, like. How many hours research do you actually have to do for the podcast? And like, I, I know you, from the sound that there's a lot of uh, places you get your resources from, but how many different places do you have to dive into to try and get the information that you need? Um, it, it's funny because when we started, we had these two, these two books were probably our main things. Yep. I remember them books. Yeah. And <laughs> that's kind of, we relied on them and Pretty quickly, we realized we had, a, like, for what we were doing, we had a pretty big responsibility to try and get it right. And we found out that those books were rushed and, and there's not there's things that aren't right in them. Well, especially the 100 years in Australian football one is just, it's basically made up. Like, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so our first probably 10 episodes, we were just using that and weren't going too deep. But then we started... More, more listeners and people would kind of question us as well. I'd put stuff on Twitter and be like, no, that's wrong. Why are you saying that? Mm. So we really discovered we had a bit of a responsibility to, to get things right. Um, and that's probably when my, my bookshelf started overflowing. Mm -hmm. I think uh, last count, I'm up to about 300 books now. Holy shit. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. And anytime, it's great. Anytime Timmy finds a, a, a spare or a second of what he's got, he, he throws it my way. Yeah, so my mind's starting to uh, to expand exponentially as well. But uh, it's, there's so many great resources out there. And I think the, um, the thing that's been awesome is so many of the clubs have kind of embraced it as well and have been like, oh, we found this out. And send, sending stuff to Tim or, you know, are so helpful. Like we go to them and, and we kind of see two things that, don't match up and totally sort of argue um, the point against each other. We call people up and we're like, oh, anything about this? And they'll, they'll either know it off the bat because they're ridiculous or yeah. they'll be like, we'll get back to you. Like, yeah. I love finding, trying to find out these sort of, you know, controversial little moments, which is awesome. Yeah. So, so you mentioned, Tim, that your bookshelf has expanded. How many times have you brought a book? You're like, shit, yeah, new book. You get home. And you've realised it's already in your bookshelf. A few times. Yeah. You've just completely forgotten it's there. <laughs> yeah. Now I've um I've started putting them on our website, so we've got a bibliography, so I can like if I'm at a shop, I'll get my phone out and look through what's on our website to know if I've got it or not. <laughs> so yeah, if you're going off your website, yeah, you do have a, a shitload of books. Now you mentioned it before about how you've got to sort of fact check because some information is wrong. It's gone blank on me, but the person who used to say this was the player of the year. Oh. Champion the, the person who was saying it was at this point was the best the best player, but then you look back and you played that's three Christy games Mullins. for the season. That's the one. Yeah. yeah. Like, this is the player of the season. Then you actually do your research. He's played two games for the season. Yeah, or he played in Perth. <laughs> yes, that's the other thing. Yeah. Yeah, Hugh Gavin. Yeah, I because I said like I listened back to the early episodes, you hear you go, yeah. yeah, this is and then you do start to see you correct yourself here and there. 
That was yeah. amazing. And he what did he, he did it with Vic Cumberland once and wasn't Cumberland in New Zealand for the yeah. year that year or yeah. something? He, was, he, yeah, won the, he won the champion of the colony after playing five games and moving to New Zealand. <laughs> okay. So so Rifty wouldn't have been as you said, you don't listen to one episode today. He would listen to the latest one, which was 1951. 51. Yeah. So he wouldn't understand the champion of the colony. So explain to him what the champion of the colony is. Charlie? So it was it was kind of like the precursor to the Brownlow. So the, obviously the Brownlow came in in uh, what what year did Kaji Grocery? 20, 24. 24. So from 1897 to 24, there was no sort of record of who was the best player of the year. And this guy, um, Seth, yeah, Seth Mullins, Mullins, went back and sort of did all this research and tried to figure out from uh, newspaper articles. He went all the way back to 1858, Charlie. Yeah, so, yeah, he did. He went back to the start, yeah, to the like the first games. And, like, from newspaper articles and stuff, tried to figure out who was the best player of the year. And I think sometimes he just... Like if he couldn't find much information, I think he just fudged it and just made it up. Well, he was he was he did the research in like 1949, 1950 was when that book was released. Jeez, so. and I <laughs> and I yeah, I think the amount of work he put in, no one else was willing to do that amount of work, so they just accepted it as gospel. Yeah, yeah, and he didn't have uh, he couldn't just get on internet and type a quick no, search no, in and, exactly. Yeah. So, and the so, AFL still recognise it. If you go on their website, there's still the champion of the colony is recognised. Oh, jeez. They, they need to get their shit together. I think <laughs> they need to help them out. Yeah. Well, there's lots of the historians uh, onto it and, and know it's not a real thing. But, yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned some of the historians and stuff. Have you been able to get relationships with many... Uh, club historians now, yeah. and, and is it something yeah. they're we've, all really embracing? We've pretty much got links at every club if we need stuff. Yeah, I, I actually think Essendon's the only club we haven't. <laughs> That's is because that... all our history's been shredded, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we've been yeah we've been really lucky, and they've all been so generous with their time as well. Like the guys, all the all the clubs, um, we've been out to Waverley and and been around the. Hawthorne Museum with Peter Havey out there, who was fantastic and done a few interviews with um, historians from the different clubs and guys at, at the MCC as well have been phenomenal as yeah. kind of like an overview of the, of the, um, of the whole league. It's been, it's, we've been really lucky. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think to, to sort of dedicate yourself to do that kind of thing as a historian for a club, it's something that you got to do with great passion because I can't imagine they're getting sort of paid a lot to do any of that. And, you know, you know, probably most of them are doing it on a voluntary basis and um, yeah. to uh, to sort of be able to sit there and read through all the stuff and you guys are probably doing it on a on a different level to the what they are. But yeah, I think you'd have to be a pretty bloody passionate person about and have a sort of brain that thinks that way and works that way to be able to help you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Just oh, the, no. hour, the hours that these those guys put in to just... Um, chasing down leads and going through archives and stuff is incredible. Like, like you said, if if we didn't have sort of the internet, I think it'd fall over pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah. Um, you mentioned sort of the precursor to the Brownlow, and you have a Moz or Anna that does yep. the Brownlow Downlow. Yep. Yeah. Um, explain what sort of what that is. Oh, she just. She uh, her job is to research the Brownlow medalists of the year and 
just give us a report on that year's Brownlow social. Uh, there's, a, there's a great book done by, uh, released by the Slattery Media that she uses as a resource and then she'll give us little stories and anecdotes about that player and who else, you know, came second and third in the Brownlow. Just, just a little Brownlow segment, really. And that- it's cool. It's cool sometimes seeing the, uh, like in the in these earlier days, obviously because the Brownlow wasn't kind of a an event. It was just sort of read out, and so there's photos of, of people just knocking on the players' doors, being like, "Congratulations, you won the Brownlow!" And they've got no idea it's coming. It's great. I'm trying to think back, it was an episode I listened to the other the other week, and it was, was it Dick Reynolds when he won. He's like just did not expect to win it, and he was out somewhere or. I think he was at a dance. Yeah, I think that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, he just they, he wasn't expecting to win it, and then he managed to win it, and everyone was surprised. And that was the year I think that Hayden Bunton had been trying to chat up the umpires at the end of the game. That's so, it. That's yes, that's right. the one. Yes. So yes. I, I was best on ground, wasn't I? Um, and he didn't pull that many votes in the end, anyway. No, I think he yeah. lost by one. Oh, okay, maybe I was. And Reynolds. That is what I'm thinking of. Yeah, I, I think that remember. game was the deciding game that gave Reynolds the Brownlow over Hayden Bunton. It's kind of kind of reminiscent of um. When uh, was it Swanee had to come to the Brownlow in his Spider Man outfit because he got yeah. so close? <laughs> he was sitting on the couch on Mad Monday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, one thing that I quite enjoy about your podcast is your little opening, your, your song or your jingle or whatever, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I said the rift before you guys jumped on. I'm like, I listened to it. I'm like, man, I wish we had something that cool. Like, <laughs> how did you come up with the song and like who, who wrote it and produced it and everything like that and sang it uh well kaz is a music teacher so he's got all the music skills so any song you generally will hear on our show this is a bit of inside information <laughs> we say we found it but it's actually us I know <laughs> no way jeez yeah, you've had it for the whole time yeah next next you're gonna be telling me that when you call back the uh, premiership captains all alike i know that's um, no, we just we decided we needed a theme song. Uh, we wanted to go with something jaunty because all the theme songs are based on actual songs. So we chose Botany Bay and wrote some lyrics and recorded it. Fair enough. And all, Fair our, enough. all, all our songs are, we've almost got an album full of songs now, Charlie. Yeah. I think I uploaded one today. We've got about 16 songs. They're all on, all on our website. If you are. Great stocking stuff of Christmas when we release that one. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, uh, available at all good record stores. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Are there any left? Like, is that is that... JB? Uh, not anymore. <laughs> I guess, yeah, JB's throwing out records, I guess. Yeah, surely. So, yeah. so you, you have to, well, going with the theme of the show and stuff, you're going to have to get it vinyl press, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> only, you can only li- listen to it on a gramophone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People, I reckon people would still buy it. That's <laughs> <laughs> There's some great songs we've uh, we've recorded as well. I'm like most, I think there's been a few that we've kind of made ourselves, but a lot of them are based on actual songs that the club sang. So yeah. with that, I'll move forward to a question that I wanted to ask a bit later. But so like you make the songs like the team names, like the same olds come from a song. Yep. Out of all the old school names, you know the the pivots, the Maybloom's, which one's your favourite? And which ones just you sit there and scratch your head and be like, how did you even have, how did you get to that name? So I reckon for me, those kind of overlap because I think the Maybloom's <laughs> is the worst slash best nickname I've ever heard. Like it is, 
kind of like the fuchsias for Melbourne. It's like that is not sparking fear in anyone. And like the May blooms is like we may bloom. We might get better. Like what a what a thing to say about your club. It's outrageous. Um, and I I reckon um, oh, the tricolors is is pretty weak. Um, and the gorillas. I didn't like that Fitzroy changed their name to the gorillas. <laughs> Just to just to have an animal emblem, I thought that was a bit of a cop out and a bit of a silly name in the end. Because what do gorillas have to do with Australia? Yeah, exactly. Well, that was like the Panthers, right? Didn't St Kilda? Was it St Kilda? Yeah, because someone, St. Kilda. Donated, someone donated the picture of a panther to the club, so they rebranded as the Panthers for a season. Didn't so stick. When I heard that, I remember listening to that. I'm like, oh, because so down the road from us is Devon Meadows, who are Devon Meadows Panthers, and they wear. St Kilda, they're stripper St Kilda. Okay. And when I heard that, I'm like, maybe that's actually where Devon Meadows got, got the, name. the Panthers and the Colors from. Was they were like, they sort of a tie-in. Yeah. But my, my favorite or my weirdest one is the uh, the pivots. Oh, yeah. I like that. yeah. <laughs> it's so it's so strange, it's, isn't it? The, the first time I heard you guys say the pivots, I'm just like, what's that? And then the Pivotonians. Wayne, it's Pivotonians because it's in Geelong, and it was the reason behind it. I was just like. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so what, the Ge- Geelong pivots? Because Geelong was the pivotal hub for trade and transport <laughs> in Victoria. Jesus. All right. <laughs> From Geelong, you're a pivotonian. Yeah, that was my something reaction, to- Rift. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something to really get behind. Yeah. Um, how did how did you guys become the Cobras? Okay. In that same, in that same yeah. sort of thing. We got, we've been asked this, we asked this a few times and we've, we sort of sat there and we're like, um, we don't know. It turned out that it was on a bit of information that Rifty had probably looked at a hundred times doing our website. It's on the website. I read, I read about yeah. it. So, so we actually, it was on the website and we didn't even know. So <laughs> we got our name. So, no, no, hold on. He just said it was on the website. He read it. It just shows how much he investigates things and just looks into the facts and stuff, man. I just look past his history. Yeah. Of shit. Nah. Past, <laughs> past, yeah, yeah, past, yeah. past. All right, where's my... Where's my BNF that I won? Or where's the- <laughs> yeah, that's all I'm doing? Do it, me. <laughs> I'll leave me. Like, yeah, so our club was, uh, it, when they merged, so there was Sandown Kangaroos Football Club and South Waverley, I think, Swans Box, Junior yeah. Football Club. So it was the red and white and the blue and white. So when they amalgamated to become the South Waverley Sandown Cobras Football Club, they put the white, the blue, and the red together. And there was the Camberwell Cobras in the VFA were running around at, the mo- at that point in time. So they made the jumper, resembled the Camberwell Cobras and used the Cobra name. So, okay. Yeah, like we only found that out. Well, I only found that out this year. And it was a bit of like, oh, that's actually how we come across it. So, yeah. it's Nice. It's- but then in 97, like the South Waverley bit got dropped or like the amalgamation yeah. ended? No, no. So we, yeah, that was just we just dropped the South Waverley. Yeah. So the juniors, so the juniors went under. Well, not went under, but there wasn't any juniors coming through. So it's. I think it's only even been recent. Like on our, our the club's official, the business name or business name is still South Waverley Sandown Cobras. Yeah. Football Netball Club. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So it's we still. There was a time where we were the Southern Cobras and then it was Sandown Cobras football. So, yeah, it's we still look at South Waverley as a part of our history, but yeah. it's just sort of... So on the back of our jumpers and all of our apparel this year, we've got the 
SWSFC. So yep. like how South Melbourne, Sydney have got the SM. Yeah. Yeah. So that's oh, yeah, nice. yeah. Like like the uh, the Brisbane Bears, Fitzroy Lions. Yeah. So Fitzroy. we've had them. I'm pretty sure we've had that on our jumper since I've been there since 2009. Yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. yeah, since since so. our, our more modern jumper, which was yeah, 09 was when yeah. we sort of had this more modernized design. Yeah. Um, so it's had this, that on the back. Yeah. yeah. So this year we decided to add that to all of our polos and those like on our training tops and all that type of stuff. And we've added um, our new warm up top. We've actually made in the design of the club's original first jumper with the red, white, and blue, like yeah. St Kilda style jumper. With yeah, nice. we've done like uh, I think we bomber even, jacket. With bomber jacket with uh, the. Old, the old logos of the kangaroo and the swan on either sleeve. Oh, so, so good. That's, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah. That's our, that's our, our throwback bomber jacket. Yeah. There so, you go. You guys are embracing the history as well. Yeah. yeah. That's what it's all about. It's like when you, go, when you go to the footy and you see the guys in like the old school jumpers or the bombers and you're just like, like yeah, you are, you are a diehard supporter. Like that, you've had that jacket yeah. since 83. Like you just love it. Yeah. It's uh, awesome. Uh, I had a big push for the throwback stuff because probably why I like your podcast so much, actually, because I love a little bit of history thrown into things. Like, I'm an Arsenal fan, and when they released their away top this year, it was a marble floor of hybrid. I'm like, I'm getting it. I don't care if it looks absolute crappy. It's a little bit of history. I'm getting it. Yeah. So when it comes to doing a parallel to the rift, we've got to add in some old school stuff and try and really bring back the old people yeah. from the club. So... So, oh, um, nice. We're even working on some stuff because we've got our our 60 year anniversary coming up in 2022. So we're already planning and doing a commemorative jumper for for the 60 year anniversary. Yeah, that's awesome. That's so good. Yeah, it's it's been it's been fun trying to send a thousand emails back and forth to our the apparel company to make sure everything's spot on. <laughs> yeah. I'm not gonna lie, I've had an email sitting there for a week. I haven't had a chance to get to. <laughs> So you mentioned that Kaz is a music teacher, which is how you got your song. So your logo. So who, which one of you is a design teacher? Um, none of us. <laughs> none of us? Um, I, I mocked up a few things. We kind of voted on it. And then I used a website called Fiverr where you pay someone like five bucks to do something. I found a designer to make it nicer than I could. And that was kind of it. We had an old, the, old, the old one I made, which was yes. just me on my computer. We've had a couple, haven't we? Go yeah, through that too. Through the reins, but uh, yeah, we kind of, we kind of, um, when we decided to move away from the the old boot kicking to the new boot, we uh, we went through a couple of different things, and yeah, we Timmy sort of created a few, and and now, I, I think it's the state of origin logo from the mid nineties. Yeah. Yes, I reckon it could be. I thought that I did think it looked familiar. I'm like, it looks yeah. sort of. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, I, what happened to the kick cave boys? <laughs> Yeah, there's a, there's a few things we started with that have just fallen by the wayside. I think the first three or four episodes, we had this whole plan of Kaz was going to end each episode with that's like some special thing, and we were going to throw to him, and he just was never organised. So we never did. We did it twice, I think. And we, we also realised that our episodes were getting close to two to two and a half hours long, and we're like, okay, we yeah. really need to cut this down, otherwise people yeah. are just going to yeah. There was an episode we had Brett Bartlett on to talk about Richmond. And yeah, he just had such incredible stories. We just kept going and going. And that's when we realized we probably should cut them down a little. <laughs> I'd, I'd forgotten about the kick cave, and it wasn't until I was just 
going back through today to make sure I make sure everything covered. I'm, I heard it and I'm like, oh, forgot about that. <laughs> I'll put that in, Charlie, I'll put that in our notes for our next one. We'll bring it back. Absolutely, bring it back. <laughs> you mentioned two and a half hours. I, I, you come across a few episodes that were two and a half hours and I work at a school myself, so I'm a yeah. maintenance person. So when the kids weren't there, I was busy doing stuff that probably didn't need to be done, but <laughs> got to be busy. So the two and a half hour episodes got me through a couple of days for oh, uh, work. So, and that was when I was you know, right into it. Like I but Riff, you asked for a recommendation for me, a podcast. I'm like, I actually don't have any because I've only listened to Kick the Kick all week. <laughs> oh, nice. That's good. That's good. Um, yeah, but because I'm the same as you, like I could listen to, uh, I do a fair bit of driving and, you know, two and a half hours, stick on a podcast, listen to one thing for the whole trip. Awesome. But uh, I think for a lot of people, they see, you know, running time, 180 minutes and they're like, no, thank you. I'll <laughs> move on to the next. Yeah. And there's been a few other things like my, we're still trying to find evidence of, of me when I was a mascot in the VFL. Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm tracking that down still. Yes. There's just no leads. I forgot about that. And yeah. Uh, was it, was it the true, true Energy? Just, yeah. Yes, True Energy. Yeah, I've emailed them. I've emailed Geelong. I've, I've gone through YouTube videos. It's, it's just <laughs> so, an enigma at the moment. There's got to be something somewhere. Jimmy, can you, can you enlighten Rifty on what, what you looked like when you were dressed <laughs> up as this mascot? Yeah, it was, it was a big blue ball, basically from my waist up, uh, big mouth here, arms stuck out the side, massive boots. Um, I, was, I was a big blue ball of energy. We used to go around uh, and hand out jelly beans at the VFL televised game each weekend. How, how did you get that gig? Um, <laughs> through my friend who was a recruit, whose mum was a recruitment officer for someone and they just needed some uni students to get in these suits, which sounded great at the time, but not when you've had a big night the night before. Oh, so there was more than one ball. There was one, but I had to have a minder. Like someone had to lead me around because I couldn't see. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. was like down. Yeah. And and plus kids would just kick stuff at you and throw stuff at you, and it was horrible. Yeah. When yeah. when you just said um, especially when you hang, hung over, the picture that came into my mind is um, Will Ferrell in Blades of Glory when he's yeah. in that suit and just like. The very first day I did it, the the first game I did it at was Tony Lockett's comeback game when. I think it was 2002, he decided to make a comeback and he came back through Port Melbourne. I think he played for Port Melbourne or mate. Yeah, I think it was Port Melbourne. And so we had to go to this game, get in this massive suit. And I, we'd had a big night the night before and just run around and jump and kick. And it was just horrible. And there were people <laughs> everywhere. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it sounds like fun. But... <laughs> well, oh. the, 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 best pit, the best part about it was... Um, that year for the grand final, it was Geelong versus Geelong versus someone, and that was when the VFL Geelong team was Ablett Bartlett, uh, Ablett Bartell, Chapman, CBJ. They were all in the VFL. They made the grand final, and I was right next to them as they ran onto the field through their banner. So that, that was probably the most memorable part. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I got the opportunity to work uh, at a couple games uh, as a cable hand just helping set up cameras and awesome. run the cables and stuff so I, I actually did uh, the Hawthorne Carlton game where uh, Buddy kicked his 100th goal oh yes oh wow oh that's so, yeah, so cool that was uh, just one of those lucky things they needed a couple extra people I got a call up and got to do that game and to be uh, to be yeah right beside boundary line sitting next to the boundary rider while that happened was pretty awesome uh, 
Oh, so more spewing Fev didn't get to kick his as well. Yeah, I know. So I'm guessing, you, I'm guessing you dropped the cable and ran it to the ground, yeah? No, nah, man, I had to just sit there like this while people were jumping over. There's the guys that were sitting behind me, they said to me, they go, we're just letting you know, if he kicks this, we're jumping over. I'm like, yeah, it's all good. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. I'll get out of the way. <laughs> all right, I've known you for how long, Rifty? What, 10 years? Yeah. How the fuck is that the first time I'm hearing this story? How is this not common knowledge at the footy club? No, I don't, know. I just don't like to brag, you know. Just maybe you should learn how to brag a little bit, Mark. That's a pretty cool story. Yeah, yeah. Well, I kind of forget that I did. It was quite a while ago, oh, yeah. so I sort of I forget you know, being there when someone kicked hundred goals worth. Yeah, paid it was pretty it. awesome. And uh, <laughs> well, I was sitting there with um, what's her name, buddy, uh, Malthouse's daughter, Christy Malthouse. Oh, yeah. She was oh, yeah. when she was a, a um, boundary rider. Yeah. Yeah, and I also got to do the um, the All Star game that year oh, as well with the uh, yeah the All Stars versus Victoria at MCG. Yeah, yeah. So that was yeah, <laughs> pretty cool. And then never got a call up again to do it. So yeah. <laughs> All right. So so Charlie, you do the uh, give us some history segment. Yeah. Now, there's enough research that goes into this your your podcast is when we first started doing this podcast and. We thought we were only going to be speaking to a handful of clubs from around the world. I would sit there and be like, okay, we've got to find information about this country. Who was born there? Landmark. I think I've got 12 episodes. I've turned around and riffed and said, you can shove it. I'm, it's taking far too much time. No, no. Well, let me clarify that, all right? You, you were doing it all on your own. You were getting all the info. And then one day you're like, oh, I'm a bit behind. Can you help me out? So we started doing it together. And he was like, oh, I'll just find out where they are, blah, blah, blah. So after I spent about half an hour helping him find this information, I'm like, mate, fuck this. <laughs> this is too much work. <laughs> admittedly, admittedly, they were trying to find someone that's born in some strange part of France. Yeah. and Yeah. But yeah, I, you've got enough research to do. Like, and it's, I feel like with the, the later episodes, it's getting longer and yes. longer. Which I, I enjoy, but just how much time is that going? No, do you know what? I totally agree with you. The, the I reckon we started it off. I started doing it, and I look. It, it's sort of it's one of those things where it's I just do it as a snapshot. And at the start, I was kind of like, I found it really interesting because it kind of placed you in the time. It's like this is what was actually happening around the world when when they were playing footy. Like you know, the people these people were being born of you know this was happening when, when the world was, what was going on in the world. So I always thought it was interesting for that, but you're right now, now we're getting closer to now. There's just so much going on where I'm like, well, are we getting close enough where I just don't need to do this anymore? Like, <laughs> do we all know this history? So I think yeah. by, by the time we get to about the seventies, I'm just going to be like, yeah, we were all basically alive by then. Like, let's just leave this out. Yeah, but then once we get to like nine, 2020, uh, let's say 2010, easy. Your, your who's been born is going to be pretty minimal. Yeah, that's true. Well, I don't know. You know, we might, be, we might just be guessing. It'd be some <laughs> bloody YouTube star or something. You know, yeah, exactly. Once abstract. we get once we start getting to the point of me saying, and YouTube started this year, I'm just I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> So that's when we're trying to look up places like, I can't remember what country it was, but their most famous person was like a contestant on somebody, The Voice or something. Wasn't somebody's most famous social media influencer? Yeah. Oh, there was a couple like that. And so what, yeah, it got to the point where like, this is just ridiculous. We're getting way too out of hand trying to 
trying to work it out. But you, you mentioned sort of taking you back to those times and one of the eras that you have covered is the war years and mm. sort of those sort of what what was that like sort of diving into those times and especially you know we're going through a pretty um unique time in in the football landscape this year as well what was it sort of like learning about how they dealt with those years back then it was it was fascinating wasn't it? like um well we originally charged you remember the during the, the Great War, we were like, oh, we'll do the 1916 episode and then we'll just put it like, a, we'll talk about the war after that. Um, and then we made the decision to make it a separate episode because there was just so much stuff. Yeah. And it was, we also made that, made that decision because like, given that, you know, making sure we gave that respect for, for such a, you know, as important part of the history of, of Australia. And I think we talked about it in those episodes and in the World War II ones that, um, because we're a pretty young country, a lot of our history is wrapped up in our fighting in World War One, in Gallipoli, and in in World War Two, and and footy, and the AFL is such a big part of how we relate. You know, you talk about the Anzac Games and and stuff like that. That is kind of a big way that a lot of people uh, commemorate their understanding of the wars. Um, so. That I think I think it was really important to go through it, and we had Barb come on, Barb um, Cullen, who is was fantastic and just the best source of information about all the players who uh, fought in the war, um, and like all the all the amazing anecdotes you hear about, you know, players who went away and and fought and then came back and played for another couple of years, but basically lost their best years of footy because they were at war or. You know, the, the Changi Brownlow, which was an amazing story that I, I'd never heard before. Um, yeah, so it was, it was really interesting. And, you, you know, comparing it to this year where it has been so topsy-turvy and people are, you know, saying, oh, whoever wins the premiership, it doesn't really count. It's like, well, you go back to those years, four, four or five clubs didn't play. You know, they were, they were all over the place. But, you know, so you still count that? the VFL and the AFL always find a way of getting it done. They, you know, we can't live without it. So I don't, I'm not going to get political. I don't know what side your politics lay, but when I listened back to the, um, your 40s and saying the play out again, we're getting a telegram saying you're off to fight war. It made me think that, you know, these blokes, you know, back then are getting told you're off to fight war, no choice to fight for your country. I started, I started thinking, like, yeah, these people are getting told you're going to war to fight for our country. We have people in Victoria. They can't even, they're told to stay home to save their country and they yeah. can't even do it. Yeah, totally, it, it, totally it, with you, mate. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's all, put, it puts it in perspective a little yeah. bit, doesn't it? When you're like, are we really complaining about not being able to go more than 5K when people are, you know, going in and across the other side of the world yeah. in trenches? Yeah. yeah. It made me think, you know, these people, you know, in trenches, they're risking their life on the other side of the world for our country. And we're being told, mate, just stay indoors and you'll save the country. <laughs> no, I'm not doing that. Yeah. It makes me wonder just how uh, how much trouble we could be in if we do get into another war. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think, um, you know, AFL does a great job with their celebration of Anzac Day and the way they, they – able to, and I, I think, in a way, if the AFL didn't do such a great job, a lot of that would be forgotten about and not celebrated in the way – well, not celebrated is not the right word, but commemorated. Yeah. Um, and I think 
you know, it's like you said, with people who can't even abide by a simple rule, not go anywhere. Yeah. You know, when people are using terms like dictator and stuff, when they're yeah. talking about, it's like there was real life problems that threatened people's lives. And there was guys that were footy players that just get the telegram, you're going to mm, war. Like that's you, it. you did not have a choice. And um, the little bit of inconvenience that we've gone through this year is, is not even a, a, a no. fair comparison to anything that went on back then. No, it's very, it's, yeah, it, as we said, it's very, very good to put, it helps put things in perspective a little bit, doesn't it? And yeah. it, when we were recording the two thousand, the World War Two episode, like we were all on Zoom doing it from our house. So we kind of, not that we can relate, but like that change to our lives was, we were talking about it and kind of feeling it ourselves as well. Like mm. the version of it ourselves. Yeah. You'd gone from pretty much how you'd normally record normal life to being told, now we're doing it this way because of ABC. Like you get that, yeah, your feeling of your life's being turned upside down. Like obviously not the same as going to war. No, but, and I'll put my hand up right now and say, I would, they would be like, you're going to war? I'd be like, yeah, nah, all right. <laughs> probably bunker down somewhere. Don't find me. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm now it's either pay respect to your brother, Rifty. Huh? Yeah. You're, you're essential. essential. You're essential. Oh, essential work. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> can't go to war. But one of, one of the things we've learned traveling around the world, speaking to all these different clubs is some of the earliest footy played internationally was uh, Anzac games or yeah, you know, yeah, those games in London. Yeah, yeah, so, um, you know, there's a, a, a game that gets played in France, there's games that get played in London, that, and there's even, you know, Middle East now, it's sort of, they've got footy getting played over there, and they were a similar thing that they they started with an Anzac game. So, amazing. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool that we've been able to learn these different things, how these different leagues got started, and um, to have those connections back to, to Anzac Day and, and um, Australia is pretty awesome. And it's yeah. something I, it's high on my bucket list now that I know about it is to to get over to France one year and and either see or get to play in one of those games over there. That'd be it's uh, top of my bucket list right now. Yeah, that'd be phenomenal, wouldn't it? Just because it sort of brings a couple of things together. And it'd be very nice. And there's been quite a few players like we've spoken to that have said that was their and the highlight of their footy days was playing in that game. Yeah, yeah. Pretty oh wow. Cool. So. And, uh, no, go ahead, Rift. No, I think it's time to lighten it up a bit. Right. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll lighten it up. So one of my favourite segments was uh, the crap watch and the dick oh, watch. Yeah. It's, um, I, was, I was trying to explain it to Rift before we jumped on. I, I couldn't do it justice. So if one of you could explain the, uh, the, you know, the crap watch and the dick watch to him and to our listeners, that would be fantastic. Uh, yep. So one of the very two of the very early characters we met in our research was an umpire by the name of Henry Ivo Crap. Umpire Crap, known as the <laughs> Prince of Umpires. He he took he took no crap. Um, and another one was probably the first kind of controversial footballer at the time called Dick Condon, who was a Collingwood captain, um, but just caused dissension wherever he he went. And we were fascinated with these two characters. So. Um, pretty quickly, we wanted to kind of follow their escapades each episode, and we had a, a dick watch and a crap watch just to update ourselves and our listeners on what they were doing. And we didn't we didn't need to look very far because it was there was always something interesting that they were doing. They were kind of like you know, there was always an anecdote. Yeah, and, and so much so that when um, when Ivo crap he he moved to Perth in two thousand in nineteen hundred and six, 
we kept going until he died. Like we, we kept giving updates because he just kept getting up to mischief basically. <laughs> yeah, he just kept getting dragged into umpire games, you know, and just it was yeah, ridiculous. And yeah. Condon was kind of the same. He yeah. just he would get kicked out of one club and go to another and you know get banned for life. Yeah. <laughs> didn't crap go across to Western Australia, like up north, and somehow the people from like the waffle got traction that he was there and got him down yeah. to umpire. Yeah, so it's it's funny you mention that because I've I've recently joined Footy Almanac and I'm starting to I have I've been writing a heap of little anecdotes on Ivo Crap, which I had on our website. I'm 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 updating them at the moment if you've uh, if you've had a look because they're they're not there at the moment. Um, <laughs> just trying to really flush out his life a bit more. So he went to Kalgoorlie with dreams of being paid to umpire in the Kalgoorlie Gold Mines League, and he got there and he was duped. His whole uh, his job wasn't really there. They they didn't have the money for him and he'd uprooted his whole life. So he uh, he decided to turn around and go back to Victoria. But then the people in the Waffle decided, they heard he was coming in town. So they intercepted his train and convinced him to stay. And he, he uh, lived out the rest of his days umpiring in, Perth, yeah. umpiring in, in Western Australia. When you told that story, I sat there and I'm like, how the hell would they have known that? Like, I know. Like, Telegram. This, this day and age, yes, get there super, super quick. But back then, like, that's a good couple day journey. And yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, boat, boat to Perth and then train up to Kalgoorlie. Yeah, yeah he's, he's not just chucking that up on Instagram. Like, he, yeah, it's, it's hard <laughs> yeah. to figure it out. Yeah. He, hasn't, he, hasn't, he hasn't checked in. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... We'll follow on with the names because you know, crap is a very, very strange name. And you've come across a few oh, odd yeah. names in your time with the uh, McCracken Award. And I was explaining the brief to him. This one I could get through to him. <laughs> what is the McCracken Award? And what are some of the best names that you guys have come across? Oh, so the McCracken Award was an idea that Tim came up with because we we come we had so many just ripper names that we, we were coming across of guys that maybe played just a few games, all played for a long time. And so we decided that at the end of every year, Kaz had to pick the player that he thought had the greatest name of the year. So we're talking about new recruits or potentially umpires, umpires or people coming along. It could so, be nicknames as well. Yeah, I, I mean, some of the nicknames back in the day were fantastic. But so um, who, have, who have been some rippers? There was a um, guy who played for Melbourne called Basil Onions. Which I really loved. <laughs> uh, Essendon player Hercules Belugi in the early nineteen yep. hundreds. Um, uh, who Fuzzy was Buzzy? Bill Buzzbridge, Fuzzy Buzzy, Fuzzy Buzzy, Banana Legs. Yeah, Alan Hopkins and ja- and Kaz's favourite Jazz Legs. Jazz, Jazz Legs, Legs Gambetta. Gambetta. Yeah. <laughs> who was uh, the one that they just constantly was it? Leghorn. Oh yeah, chicken. Oh, yeah. chicken yeah. small horn. Chicken yeah. small horn. Yeah. <laughs> Umpire Alan Coward. <laughs> yeah, uh, pale, pale face Morris, George Garlic, Trojan Darvaniza was the recent one we yeah, had. Jock Lennon. Um, so, some names that just haven't come back in vogue yet, have they? <laughs> no, exactly. You know, there's it's, no it's Hercules surprising. running around at my kids' school yet. But there's not a lot of Hercules. Won't, won't be long, mate. Won't be long. <laughs> <laughs> some of the names getting around these days. Uh, uh, yeah. uh, Harry, Harry Horsenail. Yeah. <laughs> Secure the legend. Yeah, there've oh. been there've been a fair few rippers. Yeah, uh, it, so- it gives gives a bit of a shout out to some of the lesser known players as well, because otherwise you'd never hear these people. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. 
I feel um, like they should be bronze statues outside the MCG, just the names themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Just pl- placards yeah. everywhere. Yeah. yeah. That's Maybe. not a bad idea. Just outside the MCC, members are, you know, nice little wall, the McCracken Award winner wall. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and McCracken being the first league president as well. So he had a he had a good name to lend to the that, that <laughs> it's prestigious award. Uh, one of the things that piqued my interest, being I am the president of our club, is that there's apparently the curse of the president's oh, yeah. wife. So yeah. Yes. Well, how did this come about? We realised it pretty early on, didn't we? That it just it seemed to be that every time every time the president's wife unfurled the premiership flag, ball, the, the the main premiers would get steamrolled. Yeah. By by whoever it was, so it was it was a tradition that the president's wife would come and unveil the premiership flag in the you know first or second round, and it seemed to it seemed to be much more prevalent in the uh, in the earlier days as well. Like it's kind of doesn't happen. Melbourne always seemed to lose up the year after they've won the premiership, Charlie. But other than that, it was much more prevalent in the early days. Mm. Yeah. So. Eddie's probably not, you know, asking his wife to come on further flag because no, no, I'm I'm actually trying to track that, like who is it that's unfurling the flag, and even in the mid '90s, I've got uh, presidents' wives unfurling it, so I'm trying to work out when that actually stopped. Yeah, someone someone's got wind of this curse, and they're going, no, "That's it, yeah, no I'm more." Not, I'm not having yeah. that bitch come ruin my <laughs> season. We're trying to build a dynasty here. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's, it's what it's, happened with Richmond because um, Peggy yeah, O'Neill is president, so it's, is it the president's husband? President's husband, yeah, absolutely. Take it over. Yeah. Well, one of the things, you know, in, in recent times where Geelong's had their dominance and then the Hawks and then now Richmond and, you know, Brisbane before that, you sort of had every time a team wins a flag, it is always now about the next flag and now they're going to create a dynasty and stuff. And it's kind of, we're not, we're never settled with, Oh, how amazing is that? My team just won the flag. It's, it's always now about how many you can win in a row and stuff. So in your research and, you know, you mentioned Carlton had a three peak back in the day, a long time ago. Um, Who's been the big, long, long time ago. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) First time to do it though. Well, yeah, so, all right, so Carlton first, well, the first dynasty, there we go. <laughs> I know, look, Essendon, me too. But who, who, what other teams have had, had that sort of dynasty about them and, and they've done a couple in a row and three um, in a row? I, it's it's one, one thing I loved about, especially about the really early days, was um, Fitzroy's dominance in the league. Like, they were incredible early in the piece, uh, which was awesome. Like, I think... They won, a, they won two in a row a couple of times, but they were always up there. Yeah. Um, and then if you if you sort of go ahead, yeah, you've got uh, yeah. So Carlton had a great run. Um, the well, the Swans kind of did, but they well they were up there, but they only won. They only like won two in ten years. Yeah, but they they made about four grand finals, and then you got Essen, Essendon. Um, in the, of in the, the early twenties, of the early twenties, and then obviously at the time we're just talking about with making six grand finals in five oh, yeah. years, seven grand finals in six years, seven grand finals <laughs> in six years. Sorry, I should say. Yeah, but then I mean you've got the Collingwood machine. Oh yeah, the machine. So they made yeah. six six grand finals in a row. They won four in a row, and then you know a few years later they won back to back flags again with kind of having rebuilt. 
that was an incredible that, that, that was an incredible was side. Six, six flags in ten years. That's that's yeah, that's pretty oh. crazy. You, you mentioned bloody putting up with Richmond winning six flags in the last ten years. That'd be yeah, it's unbearable exactly. as it is. Yeah. But and but we kind of we I just like you're absolutely right though. Like we kind of in a period where a dominant team stays dominant for a while, aren't we? Like there's been a couple here and there with West Coast getting one and the Doggies getting one. But you think over the last little bit, it's been Hawthorne, then it's been Richmond before and that. It was Geelong before that too. Geelong and then Brisbane before that. Like in the last 20 years, we've had four dominant clubs over the, like the five-year period. It's almost like if you don't at least make it to the grand final the next year. It's a failure. The one year one is, is like, that was a fluke. You just... You fluked it on the day. Like, if you yeah, don't go exactly. back to back and make two grand finals in a row, you fluked that one. Well, Hawthorne yeah. won 08 and make the finals, and everyone was calling it done. They're never going to win another one. And then a handful of years later, they, they're they older and more experienced, and they go a three-peat. That's yeah. right. And But you look at that 08 team, and they had so many of those old players who just fell off the perch, didn't yeah. they? But they just rebuilt with that younger side. They're the young kids coming through that weren't quite there yet, but because of the senior players, they had to sort of drag them across the line. Now, yeah. we're speaking about the good end, you know, the powerhouses. Should have brought this up earlier. We're chatting about St Kilda. What what's been like the worst club? Like it's taken years to win a game or years to beat a team. Kind of early days, St Kilda uh, weren't weren't too good. Well, uh, well that's that's St Kilda's a big one because. You know, we, we harp on about how crap they've been and how many wooden spoons they've won. Well, and you've got to, and as a Carlton supporter, uh, Rick, you've really got to thank St Kilda because if not for them, I don't reckon you guys would have won a, won a game in the first like five or six seasons yeah. of the VFL as well. <laughs> <laughs> I think they were the only team you beat. For yeah, quite they won, a yeah. they won when, I was, when I was listening to that episode, I heard that like the Carlton were just constantly just above St Kilda. I'm like, oh God, I. I'll go mention this to Rifty. I kept forgetting about it. I just wanted to just rub it in a little bit. <laughs> just um, that. The other team, though, would be Hawthorne, who are just oh, atrocious. Yeah. They, so we're up to 1950. We're about to record 52 this week, Charlie. They haven't made finals yet since 25, so that's over 25 years. Um, they've beaten Collingwood once, mm. um, and they've won well, – how many wooden spoons are they up to? They've won nine wooden spoons in that time and had think- winless seasons. Yeah, didn't they have a run? I think they've had a run where over like three seasons they won, they lost 28, 29 games in a row. Yeah, they, they didn't win a game in 1950, then won one the following year. Oh, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Um, who else? I mean, the, the, the club that always gets forgotten, University. They were, uh, you know, they weren't around for long, but geez, they were terrible when they were. <laughs> I was actually about <laughs> to bring lost, them up. lost their last 52 games. Yeah. I, was about to, I was about to bring them up because yeah, university is a club that is forgotten. And I really don't know about university from when I was a kid. You used to deep dive into stuff like that um, 100 Years of Football book. Obviously, yeah. now looking back on it, probably never read it because it's completely utterly fabrication. <laughs> but like, how bad were they? Look, it was not, it not, was, not they of the two teams. So Richmond and University came in at the same time in 1908. And of those two teams, university was the, the better one for the first two or three years. The, the thing that um, stood in, in their way was they were a purely amateur team. They really prided themselves on the fact that no one got paid. Whereas across the, across the whole league, no one was being paid legally. 
but there were plenty of um uh what were they t t classes the guys yeah. they put down as their jobs were but just basically uh they were paid to play footy that was they were professional footballers and so they were all being paid under the table but university the university had none of them so they kind of they were fighting with one arm behind their back for a lot of the time. The other thing, Charlie, was they weren't associated with any suburbs, so there's no allegiances. Yeah. They were, the, they were all students of Melbourne University. So if they had exams, they'd do exams instead of training. Mm. They had some brilliant, they had some fantastic players, some phenomenal players, and, and, and Melbourne kind of uh, reaped the best benefit of them leaving, and we got quite a few good players off them. But uh, a couple of the guys, and, and Timmy knows my favourite, Roy Park. Yeah. The little doctor. He just just like he kicked so many goals. He kicked so many goals in a team that couldn't get the ball to him. He was incredible. Yeah, he won the he won the goal kicking in nineteen thirteen in a team that didn't win a game. (laughs) Jesus, how how was that even possible? (laughs) I don't know. That yeah, that dog lock, mate. <laughs> Man, we won plenty of games. The times you won your trophy, that's uh, I'm surprised he didn't have his trophies in the back there. No, to be they're, honest, they're uh, over at the bar. He's, he's reorganized these things, so his trophies aren't there. But good, they uh, were for him. I, they were too far back, like I sort of need him like one over each shoulder. Yeah, absolutely. Just sitting there. Yeah, two goals. So, um, I mentioned before you mentioned before about um. You know things not being real, and I said about the other way back machine. That's obviously a real thing. So, yeah. like, whose idea was that? And did well, like, was it always you done the first cup? You like, let's go with it. Was there a moment where you like, oh, let's just sort of stop? Because when you first started, it was like sort of an afterthought of talking about the premiership, and then as it got going, it was like we're not talking about the premiership anymore. Let the captain do it. Uh, so, so you've come to our podcast more recently. If you if you listened when they were originally updated, uploaded, the first ten episodes we did something different for the grand final. Ah. But we are uh, we went back and we edited them because we uh we wanted to make a special edition. We so we came up with that idea. I th- I think about nineteen hundred nine because we came across an actual interview with the grand final captains, and so we recorded that and we thought that was a good idea and a good way to tell the story of the grand final. So. We started doing that, and then we went back and, and, and added them in for the other episodes. Well, that makes sense then. Yeah, <laughs> and it was a bit, a bit of fun for us just to sit there and pretend that we just want a flag as well. It, mm. it is pretty good when you get the ones, and I think it was the one where you know, sitting there and the opposition coach or captain walks in, and you, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that type of stuff. I do quite enjoy it. It's um, yeah, I get sort of like, here we go, this is fun. Well, there's we're, always. We're, there's always a couple of yeah. There's there's been a few where it's been stuff like that. Yeah, where uh, it was um, who was it? Only a couple of years ago, um, Jack Dyer. Yeah, came into the rooms after the game, and a few other ones where the club they, where they've just gone in an uproar. Oh, there was and one where always... um, Albert Thurgood comes over and take comes in and takes over. <laughs> yeah. I was yeah. get, I, I was about to bring that up when uh, Thurgood goes. That's mine now, mate. I'm taking it. But, <laughs> like, the the plan is though, like as we move closer and closer to this time, I mean, hopefully we can actually talk to the captains that are alive. That that's what I'd love to do if we can. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think the fact that you've sort of got connections with the historians of the footy clubs, like it, it could be a possibility. Now, I'm a big Twitter person. As I know, the Kick Podcast is too. And unfortunately, our good friend Albert Thurgood has had to uh, yeah, disappear off, off Twitter 
I don't understand why I think it was just a storm in a teacup for no reason. But I'll explain to you later, Charlie. Okay. <laughs> how, how good was Albert Thurgood? Because his Twitter account, I didn't really get to begin with. And I sort of listened to the podcast. Oh, he's actually, he was a good player. He was oh. a phenomenal player. Yeah. We didn't, we didn't sort of get as much opportunity to talk about him, his prime, because he was kind of already getting toward the end of his career by the time the VFL started. Yeah, so he he played in uh, Essendon's four peak in the early eighteen nineties, and then gone to the gone gone to the Goldfields to make his fortune. Uh, came back, won us the nineteen oh one Grand Final, then kind of faded into obscurity. Well, uh, there was the there's the great anecdote though of when he got um, suspended. No, when he wasn't allowed to play in that, then Good Thur. Oh yeah, came and yeah. played, which is a ripper. <laughs> it just changed his name for the game. Yeah. There seemed to be plenty of things with him that were just a bit... Like, didn't he write a letter to why he should be allowed to play? Yeah, because yeah. the 1902 grand final, he got tagged. He got double teamed and tagged out of the game. Um, and everything back in those days, Charlie, was, oh, they must have paid to... They must have been paid. They must have been bribed. This is it. Everything, everyone, was, like everything was a bribe. Um, so everyone thought he... Because he didn't have a good game, he must have been paid to, to play down. So... There was this big investigation. He wrote a letter to the uh, the fans and members to explain that he hadn't been paid. He just had a bad game. <laughs> he just had a bad day. <laughs> I'm just going to guess Pikes couldn't see Thurgood having a bad game. That's all it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Man, right. I think when some of the modern players need to do that after they ruin blokes' multis by not getting 15 touches. <laughs> That's it. Just, just come out and be like, I'm really you. sorry. I know you had, you know, 1,500 bucks on the line. Yeah. <laughs> Right, before, before we get into a few like personal questions to knock finish off with, you've also got another bloke that joins your show, uh, Big Red or oh, Ryan. Yeah. Does he yeah. have the Big Red's roundup? And I quite enjoy. I like the fact that he goes into you know, the waffle, the sandful, and even back early days, you know, the Ballarat League was like a competitive league to the um, VFL. Um, but what decided you guys to actually dive into just a little bit of information around the rest of Australia? Um, that was just some feedback we had on on Twitter. Again, like people wanted to know what was happening around the country, and and we'd love to go into more detail. But we've, only, as we said, we don't want to go more than two hours. So we kind of, <laughs> instead of adding to our workload of research, we decided just to uh, to handle that off to to be ready. We used to work. We don't work with him anymore. Um, he's down Frankston Way now, um, but yeah, he just he he still does that for each episode and has a bit of fun doing it and. Yeah, if you, if you guys got any uh, Cobra stories or news you want to add to that, please feel free to... Oh, yeah, absolutely. So what are we, 1952? So we're 10 years to go. There you go. Especially yeah, shout-out we'll... for the start of the Cobras. Yeah, we'll, for yeah, sure. I, would, I'll, I will go looking through our website, Rift, and see what I can find. <laughs> you've, probably, you've probably got about four or five months before we get yeah. to the 60s. <laughs> That's the other thing. I, I'm i sure you guys are asked this all the time. Like, what are you going to do when you hit? The current day, yeah. Uh, look, well, well yeah. then it just becomes one a yearly episode. <laughs> becomes becomes fairly easy, then doesn't it? You, yeah, you'd want you'd be going, you'd be, you'd be doing like a ten part series, like of that episode, just exactly. Well, content. Charlie and I have spoken about going back and doing the early VFA days. Well, this is yeah, and and I think part of the reason we, that we did do the roundup is like, as Timmy said, we were getting a bit of feedback on Twitter, being like, you say with the history of football, but you're actually just talking about the VFL, so. The, the waffle and the sandful and, and other leagues, as you mentioned, are, are massive. And also, it's so easy to forget that for the first, you know, 40, 50 years, 
the VFA and the VFL were very much like fighting for who was going to be the best league going around. Like the VFL obviously had the edge because they were the teams that they're the best teams that left the VFA. But um, but for a long time, players were going in between, you know, them and and clubs were in the VFA were as big as clubs in the VFL and stuff like that. So it's an interesting um idea to to you know just it's hard to remember that sometimes that yeah. the VFA wasn't just like the the little league. It's so you just made me think of something. So okay, all right. So you mentioned the VFA, and that brings makes me think of a subject that was brought up a couple of years ago by Geelong. There was a talk that they should include the VFA premierships into the total for the VFL, AFL premierships. And my opinion is no, different competitions. You'd have, then have to add in effectively the VFL premierships that Richmond have won, Geelong have won in the last couple of years. Like, what's your opinion? Like, are they completely two separate things? Should they add them into them? I think there's club premierships and I think there's league premierships and I think a club can identify all their premierships across VFA, VFL and any competition but then when you talk about the league it's it's just in that time as the league so I think it's up to a club and that yeah I think that's my opinion I mean it gives us another four, four extra ones that we've won um, not in the overall count though so I'm happy to what it is. Well it'd effectively be like um, you turn around and say this you know Sandown for example have won so four, four premierships, but one senior premiership. So you're going to talk about, yeah, I, I sort of agree with you. You say club premierships, because back then there was, you know, add your reserves and your, not your 18s, but it was back in the day into that as well. That's how many premierships you want as a club, but league flags, yeah, stick to your 16 that the Bombers have won. I know you've got the same rifty, so I just don't know why I tried to brag about that. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I think Carlton, if you if you include Carlton's VFA flags, I think they come out with one more. I think they might be on 21 and we'd be on 20. Yeah, they, they're very yeah, let's, in let's, the not let's not count them. Let's not count them. All right. So we're speaking about your podcast. Now, we'd like to find out. Actually, before we go into um, a few more things that you guys have found through your podcast, like, have you guys played footy back in the day? Yeah. Or currently, yeah. sorry, even now? Um, I <laughs> Played for a few teams. I played one turn of Devils as a junior. Then I moved out to Bayside to play for Bowie Sharks for a bit. And then 2015, I played for the uh, Bentley Demons as well for one comeback season. 15 years after I'd retired. Much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I play, look, played uh, when I was a junior, but nah, not really. I'm a, I'm a, I love it, but I am a terrible footballer. <laughs> So this is where I wanted Kaz on because I wanted to find Shopping, out. So, yeah. <laughs> this is where I wanted Kaz on because I wanted to find out about his umpiring days and a few stories about how many times he was called a maggot and all that, all <laughs> yeah. that fun stuff from back in the day. But unfortunately, so you mentioned, Tim, that you played at Bentley. So that's in the Southern League. So yep. same as us. Yep. You're, um, on your, your, your Kick to Kick podcast website is one of the best websites I've come across not just for a podcast, but in general, with plenty of information. It says that in your comeback season, <laughs> yep. you snagged a bag yep, and then went down back. Yep. All right. I, I need an explanation how you, you're kicking a bag of goals. Because as a full forward, that sort of irritates me a little bit that you sit there doing it gets the, hardest, the hardest, the hardest job on the ground, 
The yep. hardest job on the ground. Then you sit down and do the peasants' work down back. <laughs> uh, well, this is what happened. I hadn't played football for 15 years. First game back, um, I can't even remember the team we played now. Somewhere not far from where I am. Um, I kicked, what was it, five or six goals. Had, had an absolute day out. And I'd never been a full forward. I'd always been I can player. I can tell you when a full forward because you would have known exactly how many goals you kicked. <laughs> yeah, it was five or six. Um, <laughs> and two behinds. Well, maybe uh, you are a full forward. Maybe. <laughs> so... I had a brilliant game. Uh, that was the, that was just a practice game. And then I played round one or round two was my next game. We started at full forward. We played, I think, the shittest team in the league. We ended up pumping them by 16 goals, but I didn't get a kick. I got a corky really early in the game and did nothing. And then there was about four or five games where the coach just didn't know where to play me. And then I slotted back into my usual position of fullback, uh, back pocket, <laughs> Reliable defender. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fair. I don't know. They should have just left you there to begin with. That was your reliable back there and keeping blokes goalless. Like I sit here and well, Rifty likes to sit here and say that I'm a backman. Don't do any, don't do a shit, whatnot. But backline is a is a pretty hard job to do. Yeah, oh, I think you sit there and make it sound like I have no respect for backman. <laughs> you do. You have no, absolutely. I have no zero. I have no respect for backman. I've played on. Drifty, what position do you play? He's a he utility was, mate. Yeah, he was, we we old-fashioned old utility. Yeah, the the footy club we won thanks to um to TAC. TAC yeah. yeah, thanks thanks to TAC, we won five grand for the footy club for the work we've been doing. And he was on the radio with um Bob Murphy and Andy Marr and. They've gone, what position do you play? And he's explaining, you know, he just sort of fills the gaps and they've called him Silk, like Burgoyne. And he's yep. just, <laughs> every every time Running we come, it. every time, he, he runs around footy trying to, yep, no longer rift you, mate, called me Silk. And it's just. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lie because we've trained once since that time, but <laughs> since that interview. So that's flat out lie. Um, but no, I'm just, just, just play where I need it, mate. You know, it's, you need a backman, I'll go do that job. I'll, you need someone up forward to deliver it to these bloody full forwards who just want to sit in the square and, and deliver it to them, I'll go do that. <laughs> and that's why you're the president. Yeah. yeah. That's it. <laughs> Plays where he wants to now. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, before we get going, Tim, what number did you wear? It's one of my favourite things I love to know about somebody. Oh, I think it was, shit, I can't even remember, like 22, I think. Ah, so no, you didn't, Brassi, no, 31, it was Brassie's 31. 31, yeah. Yeah, nice, nice. I wasn't too sure if you had like a certain number that you tried to get at every club or it was just yeah. no, a jump you got to give it to us. I was, I was always one of those players who had long sleeves, though. I was a long sleeve. Ah, no issue here. I'll do a lot of long sleeve. It's just yeah. a shame that you know, get one that fits me, but <laughs> or, or I'll throw it on then by quarter time. Like, oh, fuck, I'm hot. Yeah. <laughs> So, a few. I want to know if there are a few things that you guys have come across. I sent you through an email this morning, Tim, just so yep. you guys had time to think about it. Yep. I'm going to run through them. So, out of every club that you through the years you've done, what is the worst jumper a club has worn? And before we get going, Rifty, load up on your um, your internet. Is it freejumpers.com? Uh, yes. I'll, I'll put the uh, I'll put the links in the chat if you want. Yeah, throw them in so that way Rifty can throw them up. I, I'm a big fan of footy jumpers. It used to help me back in the day where you used to you know, play around and do your own footy stuff. So I'm, yeah. fully, I'm fully aware of it. 
Yeah, I saw you guys awarded what I think was South Dublin the best footy jumper. I like, yeah. I like their city skyline down the bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah there was a couple nice. good skylines. Yeah, um, my worst one is Footscray's jumper from 1935, which is like a candy stripe, blue, white, and red with yeah. the top. Oh. It's got a bit of barbershop quartet about it, doesn't it? Yeah, doesn't it? Doesn't it? For one season. Just the the B-sharps or something. Yeah, they need like a a straw boater to go with it. It is our colours, though, so it's uh, (laughs) it's not not too bad. Um, For me, of the the older ones, it would have to be uh, the year, I can't remember which year it was, but the year Hawthorne went opposites and it was a, the brown with the yellow v like 1933 33 it is yeah. the 1933 hawthorne jumper it's just a brown jumper with a yellow yoke hence the name the mustard pots the mustard pots that was their <laughs> nickname for that oh, year yeah. yeah ridiculous but of the of the more um recent ones i think my my least favorite oh, no, but my least favorite would be the Melbourne one. I think it was about 2005, where we had like silver long. Um, it was it was long sleeves. It looked like a set of pajamas. It was horrific. Yeah, yeah. There was a pretty bad Hawthorne one. Not yeah, that the long Power Rangers one. The Power Rangers. Oh yeah, the Power one. Rangers. Yeah, that was a shock. See, that, that was, was that was a shocking jumper. But in hindsight, that was a, a money maker because people wanted that jumper to be like, I've got the worst jumper in history yeah, yeah. of the game. No, no, no. This this is Hawthorne's worst jumper from, I think it's a preseason in like 90, 95. Hang on. Oh, oh yes. I, yep. I haven't <laughs> even opened it and I can just see the, like the preseason diamond oh, in the yeah, thing. I know exactly like, which like jumper Argo. you're talking about. It looks like jockey silks, doesn't yes. it? Yes. That one. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a shocker. Yeah, that's, that's bloody. It's horrid. And oh, you, you, had, you had some weird jumpers, like you had that whole period where St Kilda changed their colours and had yellow instead of uh, red, I think it was. No, yes. red, yellow and, red, yellow sure. and black. And they were different, but I, I didn't mind that. I thought their jumpers were quite interesting. Yeah. And oh, then um, and, and Sydney when, or South Melbourne when they went all red with the monogram in the middle, I quite liked that as well. My fav- that's my favourite jumper. Yeah. Love that jumper. Yeah, I, I enjoy sitting there so often on our footy jumpers and just sort of go through and see what clubs were wearing. And it's a, it's a fantastic website. It's you know, it's, it's like you boys. It's a, it's an odd thing to be passionate about and to be doing. But it's, <laughs> the guy, it's the guy who runs it lives in Canada as well. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah is it yeah. worth a chat if you want to chat to him? Yeah, I was going to say. I think uh, that's sort of right up our alley because that's, that's that's weird to be in Canada. Yeah. Is he's he Australian? Australian? He's- yeah, oh, he's, okay. yeah. So he's, he's a definite supporter as well. Okay, so he's a bloke that misses his footy being in Canada, so wants to do anything he can to I think so, yeah. Stick with it. That's Matt, he, he needs to go. Who was it we were speaking to the other day when they've the, the bloke made a footy field in their his front yard? Oh, that was of Canada, Canada, wasn't it? Yeah, um, one of, somewhere in Canada. These guys in Canada, they didn't the really Ottawa? have Yeah, it might have been Ottawa. What is? Oh, one of them. It was either Waters or, or Ottawa. They didn't really have a place to train, so this guy had a bit of land so that he, uh, him and his mates played polo on. Oh, yeah. And uh, he said, oh, if you want to train there, I'll put up some goalposts. And so they put up goalposts and made a whole oval in this guy's bloody front yard, basically. I love it. Canada. Be- imagine, imagine driving through Canada, the Canadians driving through, seeing these four posts at each end of this field. Yeah, yeah clueless. 
Odd. All right. Well, what about um, what's the which game do you wish you were there for that you've spoken about? So, what's like that? So far, only going up to 51 that you've done up to, what's the game you wish you were there for? Uh, oh, there's so many good ones. Maybe 1910, the bloodbath grand final. I reckon su- that'd I'm be su- an interesting one. I'm surprised you didn't say Fred Fanning's last game, Charlie. What, 18, what go watch 18 goals kicked yeah. against the Gilda. Yeah, that, that wouldn't be bad. <laughs> no, yeah, the, I reckon the bloodbath would be an interesting oh, one. Yeah. There's, there's so many things that they talk about, but it'd be just to see it in person would be incredible. I think. Uh, yeah. I, I couldn't narrow it down. Like the 1903 grand final where Jared Brosnan missed a shot after the goal, after the siren to win the game against Collingwood. Um, Coleman's first game would have been interesting. Yes. Yeah. Um, or even like the, uh, the 1908 Jubilee um, carnival with like New Zealand, when Dick Condon was coaching New Zealand. <laughs> There's been some, the, the, I mean, there's been so many ripping, um, rippers. Uh, or the, what was that one? Uh, the goal off the little boy. Tim, you've got to tell that story. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So there's, <laughs> I don't, I can't even remember who was playing or what the game was, but a, a guy kicked, he was going for goal, kicked the, kicked the, um, kicked the ball and it just went errant hit a little kid in the head and it rebounded through the goals and it was called a goal. And it's known as the goal off the little boy. <laughs> it's great. All right. So you mentioned about like which game you want to be at. Now there's been some pretty unique off-field moments, um, including look, I sort of on-field, off-field, the uh, one where a player, he spat on a woman and then he drove for the president, drove the woman home. From the game, oh uh, yeah, it's Collingwood. Yep, yep. That's a, a strange off-field moment. If you could be a fly on the wall in any off-field moment you guys have covered so far, what would it be? And like, well, even a couple, because I feel like there's a lot there. <laughs> oh, there are so many, aren't there? I think. Um, uh, was it after Richmond's first granny? Oh when yeah, they had, when they had the lobsters at the yes. town hall. Yeah, Barney Herbert. Barney Herbert, they had a bunch of lobsters at the Richmond Town Hall after the game and they're all celebrating and he's pulling them out of buckets and he goes, what are we going to do? Eat them alive. With the, with the lobsters in the air. With the lobsters <laughs> in the air, which is a ripper. Um, the other one for me probably is, uh, I'm actually just reading another book that Tim got that he's given to me called On the Take, which is about the um, the the cheating scandal in 1910 with a couple of Carlton players. But uh, being in the being there and seeing what was going on behind the scenes with with uh, them then getting lifetime or thirty week bans or something wasn't it? Yeah, something ridiculous. Thirty game yeah. bans. Yeah, I reckon any time Collingwood shunned a player, I would have loved to be in those meetings. So Dan Minogue when he crossed to Richmond, or uh, Dick Condon when he just caused dissension, uh, Ron Todd when he went to the VFA. Just the, the meetings and how angry. And all the vitriol that would have come out of the president and Jock McHale's mouth, just there to witness that fury. Sorry, speaking of Collingwood, that or what about the moment that um, uh, oh, when he got run over by the truck? Oh yeah, uh, Bob Pratt. 
when Bob Brandt got hit by the truck just to be there and see if uh, it was John Wren. To see if it was John Wren driving the truck. That would, yeah. that would have been an interesting one. It sounded like an um, the old, I don't know if you guys are wrestling fans, but the old, uh, I did it Stone Cold, I did it for The Rock with the Rikishi yeah. storyline, that one. Yeah. <laughs> so, speaking of off the moment, so this week, um, the, it was Claremont's coach and the Waffle. All three teams with Claremont made the grand final across in the Waffle. Yep. He got the sack. All three, all three, they lost by a goal in the grand final of their seniors. They didn't win any of the grand finals, but he gets the sack. Has there been a similar situation in the uh, what you've done where a coach has just delivered but hasn't quite got there and they've just gone, nah, not good enough, mate, you're out? There's been there's been interesting moments. Um, well, I mean, Jack Worrell, who was at um, Carlton in the early days, got the three-piece and then got kicked out. He won three in a row and got kicked out the next year by his kind players. of like players. They they sort of just had, had had enough of the way he was running things at the club. Then um, he went to Essendon and won two flags. Yeah. Um, the but, other one that always sticks with me is Charlie Climo from DeLong, who only coached for the year. And he won a flag and then just just disappeared just it was his choice he never came never wanted to come back and there's only two pictures of him in like this, this absolute mystery so he just ne- just never returns but then charlie the uh checker hughes who what, what's your stat about him checker hughes yeah so checker hughes who went from richmond and then came over to melbourne he retired he retired or left the club Left three different clubs after winning premierships, so he he won at Richmond and then left. He won the flag at Richmond and then left and came to Melbourne. He won the th- won three in a row at Melbourne and then left, and then he came back to Melbourne. To Melbourne, won in forty eight and then left again. So he retired on a premiership three times, which is incredible. But Charlie, the thing I find about all the co- that whole coaching merry-go-round is it's no different to today. The same right. things were happening back then. Yeah. It's very much like, yeah, all that, yeah, just the chopping and changing and, yeah. The board, people challenging the board and, and overthrowing, people bringing in past champions from their club or other clubs. Like The same thing is continually happening. It probably gets even more prevalent as you, you're going on into the 60s, 70s, 80s, doesn't it? Where oh, yeah, absolutely. Sort of and today, well, we, um, we love that. I, I'm sure you guys have listened to it as well, the Sacked podcast. That yep. goes into all that, all the all the ins and outs of it. It's fantastic. Oh, it's a it's a it's a great podcast. It's been one of my recommendations. Obviously, it hasn't been recommended twice like you fellas, but it's got there <laughs> once. <laughs> it's so good, isn't it? And now I'm like just listening to the to the ins and outs of what was going on, and just the egos, the egos of the of the boards and stuff that get in the way. Which is the same. Like I mean, that stuff happened with um, Perce Bentley and Jack Dyer at Richmond. That's yeah. That's why Perce went to Carlton and coached them to two premierships while Dyer took over at Richmond. And still happening today. Yeah. All over the place. Yeah. It would. It'd be great to have a a last dance style doco, wouldn't it, of some of these clubs back in those oh. days? There's a similar similar thing. I don't know if you guys have watched it, but yeah. How good um, is that? You know the egos that were involved in in behind the scenes and stuff, and you got, you know arguably the greatest player of all time that sort of this little man, little man syndrome sitting at the top thinking. <laughs> I know saying like, you know, to, I'm in charge, do what yeah. I say. Ridiculous. I feel, I feel like one of the, like one of the more recent situations, like a 
great docker to watch behind the scenes at Collingwood in that mold house to Buckley changeover. Yes. The fact that he just did he just he just got into a grand final and then had to yeah. hand the reins. I reckon that would have been some like before on the wall. Like, I hate Collingwood, but being a fly on the wall with like them conversations with you know, Mick Moldhouse does seem to be a bit of a can hold a grudge. Yeah, um, I feel like Eddie Maguire is a to very, say the least, very powerful person. <laughs> Nathan Buckley is just a bloke that's sort of caught in the middle that doesn't want to upset his his mentor and the coach, but also doesn't want to upset the man that's going to pay his bills for the next decade. Or absolutely, <laughs> and like he, yeah, and well, when Moldhouse did this, did the sack. I mean, he didn't go into too much of it on that side, did he? But like talking about, he basically just kept Bucks at arm's length the whole time, knowing that he was going to take over and that just caused so much bad blood. So when it happened, it was untenable for him to hang around, wasn't it? It cost him a premiership. They should have won 2011. Thank God they didn't. Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) One of the the great things I love about hearing about the old clubs and uh, like my old man played footy for 50 plus years uh, is there was a lot of captain coaches and, you know, actual playing coaches back in those days. Um, Who do you reckon was the best, that you've come across captain coach? Well, question. Probably Dick Reynolds. I mean, he's one of only two people who have coached the team for the entirety of a decade, coached Essendon for the whole of the 40s. They won four, four flags in that time. Um, the other one was Ted Whitten in the 60s. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, we don't we haven't had a captain coach. I think I think Jezzelinko was the last one in the early 80s. Yeah, yeah. It's time it's to bring hard. it back, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> all, the, you know, all the COVID cuts you get to, you know, paychecks are going to get cut. What are you doing? Gold Coast Suns, 2024, Matt Rea, captain coach, guarantee <laughs> it. Do it. Do it. Mate, well, wait till 2024. You've got to give Stewie's Jewies enough time to eat enough hamburgers up there. <laughs> <laughs> He's had enough hamburgers. Yeah. All right. So I, I mentioned before about some of the. Weird rule change. Like they were trying to change the rule because there's too much scoring and whatnot. What is one of the weirdest rule changes or proposed rule change you guys have come across? So, I mean, the the funniest one I reckon is when when they first stepped away from the VFA and to become the VFL, they changed a few rules. They stopped the flick pass. No, the little mark, which yeah. was which is a ridiculous um, rule, but we won't go into that one. But they actually, as part of the thing, they're like, we're going to do a few things. We're going to get rid of the little mark and we're going to get rid of uh, pushing push the, the back as a rule. That lasted for one week because <laughs> they realised it was an absolute shit. Yeah. Um, so that's probably the funniest one, I reckon. And then the one that you probably harped on about the most, Charlie, was the final, the way the finals were structured. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh. The, yeah, the challenge is just the most outrageous thing ever. Well, even the sectional finals in the first, you know, yeah. seven or eight years. I, well, once I started listening to you guys, I sat here with Rifty and I'm like, you know how they talk about this and everyone's in an uproar about it? I'm like, it actually happened. Like, it was a little bit different, but it actually, like, there's rules that they talk about. Oh, we need to bring, oh, it's against tradition. It's like, actually, yeah. if you listen to Kick the Kick podcast, you actually learn <laughs> that it's, they just, they, they got rid of it and now they've brought it back. Like, this is it. Uh, think, uh, the, the tradition of the VFL and AFL is to tinker with the rules all the time. Like, that's, yeah. our, that's our tradition. Yeah. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure they did have the last touch rule at some yep. point in time. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So I've always, been, I've always been, nah, it's a stupid rule, this, that, and the other. And then 
like even though this is your podcast, like oh, I'm glad they bloody got rid of it. And then over the last couple of weeks, we've been watching the Sandful finals, and the Sandful have got last touch rule. So unless it's like a a contest with like a, a spoiler or whatever, it's a free kick. After watching last night's game with the Port Adelaide Richmond, yeah, I sat there. I've gone. They've it, they made. They need to bring it in. It will take away so much, you know, decision yeah. making and whatnot. Just bring it in. There's no controversy then. Yeah. If you guys could bring back one rule, obviously it's not going to be the challenge system for uh, you, Coops. <laughs> if you guys could bring back one rule from any point in time, what would it be? Um, for me, definitely uh, it would be a limit on interchanges, 100%. Yep. Ten a, qu- ten, ten a quarter, I reckon it would just, just open up the game massively. Yep. I think it would make a huge difference. Okay. So they did have caps on interchange. They did. They did have they did caps. Have, on no, they had, well to start with they had. Oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they had no interchange. Yeah, no, sorry. They had no interchange. Yeah, sorry. I'm with you now. I yeah. should say, yeah, they, there was no interchange, and then there was the interchange where it was just one change. But I reckon you know tweak it a little bit and go back to yeah. oh. barely any interchange. <laughs> well, even said, even as late as the nineties, you if you got taken off, you weren't yeah. coming back on. Like, you were trapped. Yeah, exactly. Last night, waiting for the final start, I've been just obviously getting close to grand finals, so I sit back and throw old grand finals on. I had the uh, 2002 grand final because I skipped 2001 for obvious reasons. <laughs> and you're sitting there and you're watching blokes on a bench in a tracksuit just watching yeah. the game. Dressing gown? It's, it's, yeah, well, almost. I think, I, I think one of them might have been because it was a pissed down ram. It's like, they were the days where, you know, when they used to put up on the screen who's come on, who's come off. I was off, just about, was that's so, what I was, was just so thinking. Rare. Yeah. It's like, and now imagine if they put that up now, every just, two seconds, it'd be, he's off, he's off, he's on, he's off. Well, when, when KB was going, we needed a limited interchange. I'm like, I don't understand how that helps. And then you sort of grow up and you start watching the game from a different angle. You're like, actually, I do understand. Mm. He's I think uh, I, th- I think Chris Connolly at Fremantle was the one who started that actually. There's, oh, yeah. a, there's a really interesting book about the tactics and how they've changed over the years from the very start to now. And I think it was a water polo tactic or something he bought. It could have been Jared Nisham. Someone bought in this tactic from water polo where there was just constant change and fresh well, and fresh legs. I remember it being. I don't know whether he was the one that started, but Malthouse was definitely the the one who really made it. Yeah, like, I think when when was it? It was like late two thousands, wasn't it? When yeah. he went from something like the average was like sixty or something, or even less than that in the game to about a hundred, a hundred and ten. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I won. That that's, that one in the twenty ten flag. Yeah. And nowadays, yeah. you um, you want to give a bloke a spray. You can't send the runner out. You can't drag him. It's just it's a damn shame. We've lost we've lost an iconic part of the game. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Well, it was always. You know, I remember watching those old 90s games and it was like, if there was a, a debutant, you know, he might not have got on to the last quarter. Yeah. And, you know, like it wasn't, oh, the guy's playing in his first game and within three minutes of the game, he's on. He's on, yeah. Like a bloke could have sat on the pond the whole day hoping, hoping somebody's going to get injured so I can bloody get on. <laughs> and, and it was, oh, someone's gone down so he's finally got his chance and he's on. And, and then... For some reason, it's become like you said, a hundred changes a, a bloody match, and yeah, yeah I think it's 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 getting to a point where it's evened out a little bit. It's not as you, you know, you, 
you're not seeing the full forward run from the ground every time he's bloody kicked yeah, a goal that, now. That was but, ridiculous. Um, some of that stuff was getting yeah, a bit out of you, hand. You're still not seeing the full forward camped in the goal square. No. Yeah, that's... Like, I'm not... Without being... Yeah, I know you're going to be like, oh, you're a full forward. You're going to say... People go to games to watch the blokes oh, kick the goals. Absolutely. Like, I don't go to a game and sit there and watch the halfback flank a intercept or Jeremy McGovern take 30 intercept marks. Like... Nah. Don't care. You go to watch your Buddy Franklins and your whoever, Tom Hawkins, I guess. Like, you can't even name blokes because they're not banging in That's it. goals yeah. anymore. It's a, And a lot of people wonder why the goal kicking is so piss poor nowadays. You watch a bloke when he gets to 40. He's cooked. He's he's used. They brought in 30 seconds because blokes were taking too long to have their shots and goal because blokes were literally trying to catch their breath and calm everything down. Where they go, oh, goal kicking's up the shit. It's like, well, you've got these blokes that are being forced to run almost 6K before they even get the footy. Of course, it's going to be crap because they're exhausted. Yeah. And they talk they talk about, um, you know, all the, the sports scientists who are in there saying, nah, you, this is how many hours you're training for. That's it. You, you can't go and stand in front of goal and just have pot shots of goal because you've reached your limit of practice for the day. And there's guys who are sneaking out and doing it behind the club's back because the club won't let them practice. Was, was it for Vol that used to take a 100 yeah. footies to the local park yeah. and on the way home, bang, bang, bang? Yeah. And it can work both ways. I I go for a kick by Saturday mornings. I've, I've done pretty well the last few weeks getting goals. This morning started fantastic. By about 45 minutes, then I packed the balls up and went home because I was, I was up to shit. I'm like, no, nah, I've gone <laughs> the crap now. Yeah. I'm going home. <laughs> It, it's sort of the way the game's going where we've spoken about this a few times with other guys is that uh, recruiters are now looking for athletes that they can turn into footballers instead yeah. of ready-made footballers. You know, you, you look at somebody like Plugger Lockett and he wouldn't even be considered in the draft coming up. You know, you're looking at this guy <laughs> who's, you know, probably holding a few few too many kilos. and But, yeah. you know, sit him in a goal square nowadays and just, let a midfield go to work, kick it down to him, and he'd still kick 100 goals a season, I reckon. How, oh, many, yeah. how many dives do you reckon Grimes is taking on, on Lockett? <laughs> Mate, he'd take one and it, Lockett would land on top of him, plant him into the ground, and that'd, that'd be, be it. You'd never see him again. <laughs> and that that was that, that's the beauty of the game that's lost now because a lot of time now you see a fast break play happen and they're waiting for players to run into the forward line. You'll got, you know, they'll kick it out into space and they run onto it. Like, how good was it when you see a long kick come in and there was yeah. locker jumping at it, or there was Dunstall flying, but, or there's Hablet, you know? But let's not forget, Rifty, as we spoke about earlier, at a few points in time in history, there was too much scoring. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they changed the rules. Like, do you remember your? Do you remember your reaction when I told you that rule, Rifty? It was you yeah, were I was like, like, what the fuck? <laughs> I swear to God, you didn't believe me. We were well, in the same as well, and we were wondering. We were like, surely, like, who's actually complaining about this? Because it's not the general yeah. public. Yeah. Like, it's it's only commentators. Surely, <laughs> maybe it's the umpires. I'm sick yeah. of going back to the center yeah, to bounce exactly. it again. Well, um, umpire, like there's yeah. only one yeah. umpire back in the day. So, uh, we we'll try and get this wrapped up shortly. Um, so we've mentioned about how much research you guys had to do. What's the weirdest thing you've come across? Like, it just blows your mind that that could even happen. Uh, oh, gosh. My, my favourite story is um, one from 1901. There was a Geelong player. Um, first McCallum. 
He was, oh, yes. uh, played for Geelong. He was working down in Lawn on the uh, on the Friday, and he missed his bus up to the train station up through the Otway. So he decided to walk, and he walked all the way to this train to catch it to Geelong to get to the game on time. And he had a pretty quiet day in the end. Yeah, because he'd walked forty or fifty k, hadn't he? Yeah. <laughs> when I heard that story, I was on my walk, and I sort of was like. I actually had to go back, like the 15 seconds, skip back, <laughs> listen again. No, that is what I heard. Okay. <laughs> um, I, lo- I always love the one of, uh, about Cyril Gove, who's, who's the Essendon um, player, who uh, put on the shorts, played for Essendon, and then, well, the, so the story goes that he, he played, played a game, came for Essendon, then he went to Caulfield, I think, jumped on a horse and raced as a jockey, like did a race as a jockey on a horse at Caulfield. And then that night went to Festival Hall and boxed as an amateur. (laughs) (laughs) All three things. Now we looked into it and there's there's no, we can't find that the horse race actually happened, but definitely he played for Essendon during the day and then went and had a boxing match that night. Incredible. That's I, unbelievable. Even if he didn't ride the horse, and that was just somebody adding some mayo, but yeah, to, I, to play I'm, a game of I'm a box. big believer in, in the yeah. horse race because yeah. I just I just want it to be true so <laughs> much. Yeah, fair enough. You make your own history sometimes, I guess. He <laughs> must, must have been a, a bloody featherweight or something to be able to ride a horse, and then seriously, yeah, he must have been pretty lightweight. Oh. But it, it's not quite, you know that the stories of the 80s and 90s where coaches are calling up their players before the game on the, on the Saturday and blokes are covering because they're at the races, the other guys at the races. and yeah. <laughs> There's a couple of stories like that in the in the 30s, I think even at Melbourne where a couple of guys got, um, they were pissed on the way to, on the, way to the game. You got the last uh, game of the season, they couldn't make finals. They couldn't make finals. So they'd been out, I think it was at Young and Jackson's actually in the city. And they got a cab to the game, and refused to pay the taxi and, driver or something. No, they didn't. Have, they didn't have any cash left, so the cab driver wouldn't let them out of the car. So someone had to come out, like out from the rooms before the game, and pay the cabbie to let the two pissed players <laughs> out of the cab to get into the rooms to get dressed to go and play. <laughs> uh, that's a, that's a bit of local footy into the uh, yeah, professional yeah, exactly. realm. So, all right. Um, so you've done up to 1951. So you've got a lot, a lot, a long time to go before you catch up there. What year are you guys looking forward to the most to, to do? Good question. Oof. Um, you go, Timmy. Uh, probably 66 for, to see St Kilda get their first flag. Yeah. Which isn't far off. Oh, oh I know Kaz is looking forward to, uh, I think it's 1955 because because uh, Kevin Murray is finally going to be debuting. Um, oh God. Look, late fifties. I'm just. I'm sorry. I can't believe we're almost there. I'm super excited. <laughs> just, just for the days, five in six years. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll still hang out to the seventies. I'll, I'll pick it up once you get there. And Jezelinko's. You beauty, I'll get. I'll pick it up then. Yeah. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Um, but guys, hey, thanks heaps for joining us. We could oh, probably spend another yeah. couple of hours talking shit about footy. We oh, absolutely. So we do. 
what else are we going to do, right? Yeah. Well, that's uh, well for us, we're going to go over to Sweden and chat to somebody in uh, Port Malmo. Oh, beautiful! I'm not going to lie to you, Rift, to impress you. Remembered. Yeah. <laughs> I hope I'm saying it right. That's the. It, other it thing. is. It is Malmo. They hit us. They yeah. hit us up after the uh, festival football podcast, saying we nailed it. So. Yeah. So I know you guys have, you know, there's names you come across that you're not sure you're pronouncing properly and guys oh. have, have pulled you up on your pronunciation. But we're speaking of clubs all around the world. We look at it on paper and go, <laughs> I think it's maybe like this. And we've never been close once. So I'm yeah. pretty glad that we uh, we got Paul, Port Malmo right. Yeah. Because, uh, awesome. oh, mate, there was, where was it else in Sweden? Um, oh, Esk. Nice. Esco, Esco. Esco. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Esco, and it yeah. was spelled like E S J C O or something. No, it was spelled E S K J O, but the O had like the two little dots yeah, on it. And I think things. the S had something or other on it, and yeah. it's and then even like state start sort of state to lose on. We sat Stardust. there for twenty minutes trying to work that out. <laughs> With yeah. them, we couldn't get it. <laughs> but again, that was one of the times you stitched me up because you spelt it wrong on my sheet. So I'm Incorrect. trying to pronounce it the way it was. He has spelt it for me, right. and they're saying, "Oh, state to loose," and I'm going, "Oh, okay." Um, and then I'm trying to say it how it's spelt, and it was spelt wrong. So <laughs> stitch me up big time. Take responsibility for your mistakes, Rifty. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, thanks heaps, guys, for joining us. Um, Shout out the podcast, your website, all the things that everyone can go and follow along with you guys and catch up with, uh, well, what happened 70 odd years ago. <laughs> yeah, exactly. that, that's the great thing. You can listen at any time because it's all in the past. Yeah, yeah. that's it. It's, it'll stay as relevant as it ever was. Yeah. Um, yeah. So our website's kicktokickpodcast.com. Um, we're on Twitter and Instagram. I think it's kicktokickpod. Uh, and we're on Facebook as well. Um, just search kick to kick podcast. I think that's what it is on Facebook. Uh, you can, you can download us on um, Instagram, on iTunes, Podbean, wherever you get your, your podcast, really. Yeah. Awesome guys. Um, thanks again for joining us. Best of luck with the, the rest of it. And I look forward to the seventies and then the nineties. Um, <laughs> and the eighties. Eighties. Yeah. It's not too bad. Uh, I can't wait till you guys get caught with your, your scandal, mate, with your salary cap. <laughs> yeah, they'll, yeah, have dropped, they'll have lost interest by then, so they won't worry about it. By the, time we, uh, by the time we actually catch up to where we're meant to be, maybe Carlton will get one in. Who knows? Oh, let's not go too far. <laughs> maybe maybe Sard's a missing piece. But anyway, <laughs> thanks, guys, for joining us. <laughs> Thank you for having us. Thanks so much, guys. Enjoy the rest of your afternoon and, and take care. You too. Appreciate it. Cheers. Thanks for watching the Cobra Cast with the present VP. And if you need somebody to talk to, why not contact New Life Psychology in Berwick? They are now taking phone appointments. Or you could head to otlr.com.au for tips and info. And we are supporters of TAC's Towards Zero campaign. Head to towardszero.vic.gov.au for more info because zero is the only acceptable number. Hey Siri, play the Cobra Cast with the present VP.
playing podcast Cobra Cast with the Prez and BP.